Wow, really, guys? <laughs> hey there. Hey there. All right, guys, have a good night. Take it easy. Thank you for hey there. Me. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits coming at you from the Recycle Garage here in sunny and cold as balls, Santa Cruz, California. Uh, in the house now, we got a pretty packed house. Tonight in the studio, <laughs> we got Frank. Who? This is Frank. There you go, Michael. Bad ideas, it's what we do. Who? Bex. Aloha. Who? Bagel. Can you dig it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can. Yes, yes, I can. We got Liza herself over here. I'm marvelous. Mm. Yes, Miss Emma. No Hello, darlings. And Mike. Giving hand jobs in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> we got Lauren. Hey, hey. And we got the man himself, Naked Jim. Don't believe the hype. And I'm, uh, I'm your co-host, Knock, tonight, because Liza's on the sick side. So, uh, I'm going to directly turn this over to Jim, because he's got a wrap-up for the One Motor Show in Portland, Oregon. Jim, take it away! That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And not a lot of money, but a lot of pressure. Welcome to life, bitch! I know, right? Actually, we had a, a few of us got back from the one show. It was uh, myself, Liza, and Bex, the mighty Bex, uh, <laughs> went up for the weekend. Uh, yeah, we flew up on Friday. I heard she was inebriated, Bex. She was, of course. She, <laughs> was, she was sitting on more, more motorcycles than we were. I'll say that. Well, that's good. Um, but, you know, Doug and I went last year and had a hoot, and we're like, hey, we got to come back and do this again. I want to revisit that because you are so right. Hot drunk girls get to sit on all the bikes that say do not touch. <laughs> I'd like to point that out. Well, well, I, well, I was sat on bikes only when I was sober, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so hot and sober gets you even yeah, further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I Top mean, tip of the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, what about what about drunk and ugly? What does that get you? Oh, get, <laughs> get you thrown out. In that yeah, get, get you a hand job. Hand job <laughs> Come here, sweetheart. I got something for you. Bring your own Hi. lotion. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Straight to hand jobs. Uh, All right. Again, yeah, again. There was nothing straight about that. Mm. No. <laughs> oh. no, no, no. So we showed up in Portland uh, <laughs> on Friday. And, and just people that don't know, the One Motorcycle Show is in Portland. It's put on by uh, CC Motorcycles and uh, Tora and Tori. Uh, kind of run the show and there's a whole nother story there we did an interview with them last year and kind of gave some background but it's the ninth year of the one moto show oh. um, and it's a real eclectic collection of art motorcycles music food trucks and cu- including meat here Liza was happy to see that sign but uh, Bex what, what, what impressions did you have because it was the first time that, that you'd showed up at the one and um, I think I wasn't the only virgin Liza yeah yeah, but Liza oh, can't right, talk, so too. I gotta talk huh. to you. <laughs> what did uh, you think about it? Um, I thought it was impressive, amazing, uh, really, really good juju. Uh, lots of beautiful bikes that were art pieces in that you could actually ride, and uh, I think the people were more eclectic and diverse than the bikes. Even hmm. I loved seeing. A six-month-old on the hip of a papa, just smiling at this, you know, 
cool two wheel bike that they have nothing they know nothing of but they're the, stoked uh, right did the kid have a beard too and then, <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of beards up there mm-hmm. and, and then like hot 22 year olds and, and then really stoked 65 year olds it, it was it was great it was really good yeah, it's a cool collection of people and bikes, and and it's nice because the bikes run the gamut of, like Bex was mentioning, to um, you know old choppers to new choppers to cafe racers to a lot of dirt bikes, which is cool. A lot of flat track. There's an emphasis on that. Alta had its you know its bikes there, plus you know crazy custom built stuff. And I gotta say, I mean, I didn't go, but I was I was looking at the pictures and some of the artwork. There was a picture that we posted of i think it was lucy and charlie brown yeah Mm, yeah. god that made me laugh out loud i tried to buy that it was great i tried so hard yeah that was bex had her eye on that one yeah she's like that that was me when i was a kid (laughs) (laughs) but um but it was cool and i was gonna say i really um appreciated i I appreciate it on so many levels being somebody who's been going to bike shows for a long time and i think that the era of the bike shows that we knew is 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 behind us and this is the new age right. this is not this the club is, show you know there were bars throughout but they also had couches and benches and places to sit and then outside um where they had all the food trucks they had all these um tables and chairs set up so that um yeah it it made this environment that made you want to sit and chat and meet people mm-hmm. it was very social more of like an art gallery um, yeah it was like an art gallery and um, we were there all three days and i still there were things i was discovering throughout mm. so because it has this environment where you don't just stroll through look at a bike and move to the next you do it multiple times and you're just hanging out and soaking it in and talking to people and you get so much more out of that um i have a question darling uh, were there any beds for the motorsexuals amongst us? <laughs> there was a VIP room with many. There was an alley. Wow. There was an alley where we. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's no sex in the champagne room. I got a oh, question. Did you guys yeah, run into uh, Paul up there? <laughs> I just because I got my eye out for that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for him. I'm coming. Actually, we did run into a bunch of people. You want to list off some people we saw there? Yeah, well, actually, you know, we did a bunch of interviews, and uh, like Liza said, it's so easy to meet and talk to people, very accessible there. So, some of the ones we did was Cliff Danger, aka Charlie Brown and Lucy, who had a fascinating, mm-hmm. right? Fascinating story. And he got a, well, we're going to be doing the Double Dumper podcast. So, he was. He was right. He was there with his Minsk. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He picked up in Vietnam and. and yeah. So wow. right away, this is a bike, and it, it was painted black with in big white letters said Lucy on it, and I just <laughs> said Hand this painted. this For, bike has a story, and I want to know it. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were talking about a mink, like a little animal. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stupid. Sorry. No, and then like we said, there, there was artists there, so we talked to a guy named Jeff Durant uh, from yeah. Iron Cylinder, and he had some really cool art. Uh, and a fascinating guy, too. You know, you talk to these people, and you realize a lot of the people that fabricate motorcycles are artists in other ways as well. You know, a lot of them are industrial engineers or painters, things like that. Mm. And this guy is like, you know, he's curated museums and has this whole other life outside of motorcycles you never would have realized. Yeah. But we talked to him. We also talked to Jeremy Hutch, or Bex did, I should say. Oh, yeah. We did. Yeah. And what do you think about Jeremy? Oh, he's a super legit dude. What's a Jeremy Hutch and what does he do? He builds motorcycles. Oh, cool. Like oh, no, was he the cat? There's a picture of you sitting at like this 
CD table with mm-hmm. yeah and this that was the with, vip yeah room. he he looks like a super legit dude the, exactly yeah. the kind of bike very interesting motorbike himself into motorcycling and building and really cool story yeah, yeah. i want to say was it an r90 he built um yeah anyway uh was we um a hutch built hutch built yeah hutch yeah. built so anyway cool duties from south africa another just really smart artistic person that oh, put cool. his his efforts into doing these bikes and uh, if you notice in that picture no levers, which is always interesting. Hmm. The devil's in the details. Just a gorgeous bike. Bex was no like, levers, darling. Yes, no levers. No, no levers. levers. That, that's actually. I, <laughs> I walked past the bike and I walked backwards and was like, okay. And then I tried to figure it out and I followed lines and I was like, what the fuck? So I actually <laughs> called the number on the card. <laughs> wow. The show in front of his bike was like, yeah. all right. Yeah, what the fuck's up with your yeah, bike, they, man? He, of course, didn't answer. So I left a text <laughs> message and then he got back to me and like the next day we were able to chat and it was it was really legit. Was he was, How do you stop? Does it come with a pair of slippers that you that wear out? Right. That's what I was like. Keep buying or Yeah, what? bunny slippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he was cool and that was fun to talk to him. Another... Uh, guy Enrico de Haas yeah and you guys this is one this is a bike that we had walked past multiple times and it just like all the other bikes you're like oh cool bike but on the third day <laughs> yeah, chrome chopper oh, okay on the third day there was a little handwritten sign on it that changed everything and hmm. what did that sign say it's electric Ooh. Mm-hmm. yeah and then you're going wait what wait wait what you're looking at this and he couldn't tell before no what oh it's it's beautiful this is an interesting thing this machine so what they made a battery look like an sns motor or something yeah Uh, Yeah. so you can go go to the yeah go to the facebook page or instagram and look at it but wow it's not a motorcycle and it's not an electric bicycle it weighs like less than 200 pounds i believe it's all aluminum right cast aluminum wow aluminium um Pretty but amazing. it looks like a like a nineteen twenties, you know, twin. Yeah, twin and he's uh, a young dude. Board this guy. So so Jim was saying, oh, check this out. There's an electric bike, and I was like, whoa. And when I when I finally got to it, uh, he he was there. Well, I didn't know it was him, but I was like, hey. Any chance you're the builder? He's like, oh, actually I am. <laughs> and so we we chatted about it, and he just seemed super legit. And then I find him next time. I'm like, okay, interview. And then I try looking for Jim and Liza. And the next time I finally find them, they're they're meeting up with him, <laughs> interviewing. It was great. Yeah, and it was an, uh, another interesting interview because uh, he talks about the apprenticeship programs they have in Germany and how he mm. learned the skills that he has now to build an electric aluminum cast wow. fucking chopper sweet it was dope though. so he's, he's a product of the german educational system yeah i'm german, a big fan now yep and they're called wannabe training. wannabe choppers wannabe choppers yeah. cool nice um yeah and then um i think one of my favorite podcasts was with chris wiggins yeah, uh, yeah, from Creative yeah, Writing. Shout out, mm. motherfucker. That dude's so, crazy. Wait, he was there? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He Larry? raced, even. No, Larry wasn't there. Oh, Chris Wiggins was. <laughs> yeah, Chris, but Chris is super legit. And uh, so listen to that that interview as well, and you'll learn all about him. But I was, I was, you know, we talked to him kind of over the interweb net, and uh, it was nice to meet him in person. And, you know, he's fucking legit motorcycle I, motherfucker. So I'll tell you who I found out was there, and I was just wondering whether you ran into them. Do you remember Will and Max? <clears throat> Our intrepid travelers. 
Yes and no. Oh, I didn't see. <laughs> well, which one is Will it? Will and Max were there. <laughs> cool. Or at least certainly uh, uh, Will was there. I'm not sure whether Max was well, there. Well, Ma- no, Max was there and V was there also. We had uh, talked to him before yeah. and like, hey, yeah, we'll see you there. And then we missed him. Okay. And then I saw pictures of him. I'm like, how All the right. fuck did we miss you? We were there for three fucking Who days. Who are these people? They were, um, we met them first. They were traveling from Canada all the way down oh. to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, they stopped by. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 on a Triumph and a, a BMW Adventure bike. Yeah, that's right. They're yeah. Yeah. One yeah. Right. When was on a Tiger, right? Yeah. yeah. You said they looked handsome? Yeah, they were. They were very well groomed. <laughs> Can so I just that's, say that? That's Chris, a lot to say after a long trip like that, you know. Yeah, Chris I mean, that's Grace talking, that's saying a lot. With duct tape on his carbs. Hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. So that's another cool thing. We talked about Chris. So he was there um, for a lot of reasons, but mostly to race. So Chris races in the Super Hooligan class, which is so it's flat track racing. Ah, and Chris. I fucking love Chris Wiggins, yeah. Yeah. So I love flat track racing, so support your local flat track. So this is Mallow. Is it a quarter mile, maybe, something like that? Small dirt flat, indoor flat track. Mm. And uh, they have every class from the little kids to the vintage bikes to the pro classes. So Chris was racing in the hooligan event. They call it Super Hooligan. I guess it sounds cooler. But basically, you're looking at 750cc and above, uh, a lot of big V-twins. That's a Big bike for a quarter mile track. Fucking heavy when there's cement barriers on the outside. Oh hell yeah! Oh uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's gnarly. It's it's great fun though. So these are guys in the super hooligan. Um, you know they work for a living, so they're not professional racers. Right. They might get sponsored, which means hey, here's a set of tires or here's some travel money. Wait, but, a quarter mile is like a track you'd have at school, right? Because you go around four times, that's a mile. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so it's not, not even that big. It's 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 tight. Um, but yeah, like Bex was saying, he ended up, he has a, a CV carb on this old, uh, not old, I think it's a 90-something uh, Harley Sportster. That, there's a whole story behind that, too. Listen to the podcast. But uh, yeah, got a hole in the diaphragm, I think, duct taped it open. Mm-hmm. So it would kind of stall mid-range in the corners. And then when he got up on it and the RPMs got up, it would it would haul ass. and It'd blast through. <laughs> yeah, fucking, the guy's like my hero. It's so like a the, fucked up pumper carb. Yeah, so it's so misfitty. So he, uh, with a duct tape slide, he... Let's see, he won his heat, wow. and then he uh, fifth in the main and fifth in dash for cash. Right on. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I love the flat track shit. And I wanted to give a quick uh, thanks to Knock for making our, um, our our passes, our own press passes yeah. that got us into the, <laughs> the word flat media. track races. <laughs> the word media was in, in quotes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magic word. But we pulled up to the thing, and it was sold out, and we just rolled up after waiting in line for a bit. And the guy looked out. He goes, "Hey!" He laughed and said, "How much did it cost you to get those made?" <laughs> and then said, "Go on in." So that was cool. So, um, and we ran into some other, bunch of other friends. Like every there show too, and make your own press passes. They work amazingly yeah. well. Don't yeah. tell anybody; it's a great secret. No, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> are we are we allowed to talk about the uh, getting into the what what with the pass pass? The hoobie hoobie and the doobie doobie. What what the what what no no. Okay, never mind. Okay. That didn't happen. Fuck you guys. It doesn't Some matter. Some like cucumbers Used. pickled. Yeah, exactly. But we also ran into Dave from Russ Brown. Um, yeah. Our near and dear friend, Lauren Trantham. Yeah. Previous guests on our show. Right. We saw Serge. Yeah, was Serge Gish was there. No shit. Yeah, hung out cool. with him a bunch. Dude, was he just, did he ride up there or was he just hanging out or what? Uh, he has family up there, so we went up to cover the event and was taking cool. photos the Dope. whole time. I'm watching that fucker. He's on the outside like with the rest of us losers, like watching from the outside taking pictures. Yeah. Then in a break in the race 
face as he like bolts across the track to the inside. I'm like, nice move, dude. Yeah, yeah all the press guys were on the inside of the track That's with the their big it. ass cameras. And I went, wait a minute, I got a press. You should have gone yeah. in there. And I was like, how cheesy it would be to run to the inside of the track with my cell phone pictures. Cell phone selfies. <laughs> They're well, that good all, these days, man. You know, you just yeah. Well, you can't run anywhere to begin with. So if you're running, there's now with those knees. And, um, <laughs> I just wanted to give a big thanks so to Tor and Tori who run that event because it was a well run event. Amen. There was enough mm. porta potties, enough toilet paper, enough beer vendors, uh, enough uh, security, enough everything. Yeah, like, I I, uh, I got a real cup of coffee the last time I was there. I was like, wow. I want a well, shot and a, and, a, and a cup of coffee. And they gave it to me. It was, I think they had, CC had their little <coughs> coffee bar there. It was great. Yeah, I get a question. Totally worth it. Um, how big was the actual venue? Was it like, is, wasn't it um, a building but last time with a couple stories or is it? Same thing. It, it was like the same venue, yeah. Okay. It's an old pickle factory. It's uh, two stories tall. Think of like an old like factory or warehouse with multiple like rooms. Um, there were like two separate staircases, the one up to the upper floor and the upper floor was split into four large rooms oh wow with that with you know tall ceilings and windows i mean it's so well laid out how was it when you rolled up because I'm, I'm just like trying to envision like when we go to um, <laughs> it says the pickle factory oh really <laughs> it's yeah. great yeah i'm and thinking then there's of, like, a banner it says the one motor show like when i roll up to uh born free it's like it's kind of electric you know as you're coming into the that show you know there's just like teams of custom bikes riding everywhere and you kind of feel like you're part of something and then as you pull in it's like you know, you know, it's on. I mean, how is it when you go there? Is it like on a city city block, and there's just like bikes lined up around the it's, corner? Or what is that like? Uh, what I saw when we first got there um, Friday night at the start, there were very few bikes. We got there a little bit early, even for raining? the early early. And no, we hmm. were we were lucky. It kind of misted just a tad. Uh, we had amazing weather uh, for Portland in particular in February, and there was it's kind of it was just an industrial outside of the city itself over on the other side of the river um and it was it was beautiful yeah, the was lighting like a, yeah like an old foundry building big concrete it, open it had just enough broken windows well, kind of like down in costco here and, like where yeah. our costco, costco spot kind of like uh, yeah but classy yeah. but you know what, i <laughs> i thought a good barometer of the way the event was run was the amount of little kids of young families yeah. like little kids in the care like mike like you guys like little kids in the carriers it, it it definitely shattered the the stereotype of a bunch of old guys walking around looking at <laughs> motorcycles, right? right? So like the Clubmans, they, they they're reinventing the wheel, you know, in Portland, and I think it's it's really cool what they're doing. Well, you know, we so, we've talked about this before of how shows like the Clubmans in twenty years it's just diminished and diminished and diminished and diminished, yep. and it's very easy to jump on that and say, well, motorbiking's dying because because, and it's not. It's just changing. It's evolving, mm -hmm. um, and I think the popularity of things like the One Show, like Born Free, mm -hmm. I think it's uh, and it's, Babes, all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's evolving. What's well, diversity? I think it, if you're you've got a diverse set of just a culture that you could kind of present, I guess. Right, bike thing it, and it, the bikes represented is very diverse. You had yeah. some classic, um, you know, over. Let's see, like long Springer front end chopper kind of classic stuff. Classic shit. You, but then you also had like CX five hundreds. But then uh, you also had like wasn't uh, there a toy? You had um, Jesse Rook and Roland Sands had customs. So. 
it was all represented there but the one thing that i thought was okay now you know you're in portland so they also had all these different vendors set up selling different things but the most common item throughout all the vendors was the new and improved mexican blanket no oh you mean the poncho yeah go for the chopper yeah Yeah, so to put it on to the front of the chopper (laughs) that was like oh yeah you know you're in portland because there was more is it artisanal it is artisanal (laughs) is it organic so they had like the new and improved straps to strap it to your bike or the thing that looks like a mexican blanket but it's got a weatherproof side to put it down on a wet ground like there's all these was there a bird on it different versions (laughs) did you get one with a bird on it remember that there there was some dudes there was this like motorcycle club that had those as their vests like mexican blanket vests (laughs) no they were like more like older like white dudes (laughs) and it's like (laughs) it looked like they came out of like a hanna-barbera cartoon or something what did did cc have to do with this in specific with the show i think tor owns it's their show oh he owns it okay Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a cc show so we have a ktm dealer right or something like that or yeah Yeah. so yeah they started with a coffee company and like Tor said, um, you know, you want to start a business, put, give out 3,000 stickers. So mm. that's what he did. So they have the coffee shop, shirts, apparel. They sponsor racers. So they have, you know, Andy Debrino was racing for him. He was smoking oh, every. You know who Andy Debrino is, my boy, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, Remember we went up to see him when we were in Portland? Yeah, my friend uh, Sam manages a track where he, Debrino practices on his T50. Oh, yeah. really? So he was fast Red. as fuck. Can I, can I touch you off? That is so cool. You can totally touch me. <laughs> yeah. Totally. What were the categories? Like, was it, it was an actual competition, or was it just kind of like an exhibit? Yes, it was an actual competition. I don't know what all the categories were. They were just all wonderful. It was everything from like, yeah, most wonderful. Oh, I even saw like a, a modded out uh, elite scooter. No, oh, so shit. Hold, wow. hold on a second. So there's a racing, which is a separate event from the yeah. uh, motorcycle show. Uh, this one, this is new to me. Uh, were you there start, last year? I was there last what year. What the fuck? But from what I understood, this year <laughs> people char- they were charging because they got so much bigger or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's but it's totally worth it. Yeah. Well, well, and they still like they shut it down Friday night. They wouldn't let people come in. There was a huge line. So yeah, it was free they, last year. Pay for this year just as crowded. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, I appreciated that too. But we didn't get that, overpacked. Sorry. What you saying that uh, you try to talk to somebody in line and and by the time you got in it was already sold out and the guy was stuck in line. Yeah, was I it? went and talked to people in line. <laughs> yeah, I got a question. So who's doing it better right now, California or Portland? Because it seems like we've been up there like like in the beginning of this year twice already. Portland's for, like, killing it. Dude. Some pretty killing dope it, fucking dude. motorcycle shit. Yeah. And uh, it looks they're, like we're kind of they're killing it here. because they've got these buildings that they can do these kind of really creative cool things in and it's like they've got a limited time to do that stuff too because this is the shit they do in the winter but they also have a lot of point Mm. what we heard is is that the building itself is probably not going to be available yeah but they also have a lot Mm -hmm. of young creative people there so it's really cool event so the whole point of this is that this is another double dumper weekend oh god So we did all these interviews, and so we're releasing two shows uh, this weekend. So there will be this show, and then you can listen to the one-show interviews. So make sure you get yeah. both of those. <clears throat> um, yeah, Knock, what's next so, on the list? I heard, uh, guess what we did yesterday, Liza? What? Hand jobs. Oh, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn it, I missed it again. How about you tell what we did yesterday? <laughs> All right, raise your hand if you got a new bike. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, she got one too. Nice. <laughs> 
Um, why did you drop penis on this? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a fucked up dick. It's a um, chub right there. I, so, <laughs> oh my god! It looks like a volcano with nuts. <laughs> so yeah, I got I got it's my new bike. I took not with me not to go pick it up because it came with so many accessories. I needed to take a car. Score on that thing, man. So I got a 2012. <clears throat> it's a KTM SM. I'd never heard of this bike before. I'd never Ooh. seen one before. Um, but it is a... I mean, it's it's gonna. It's like a KTM tour. It's a Super Duke. Okay, here's how I describe it. Uh, my Super Duke, it creeped across the room over to my Versus and made sweet love to it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this, is, this is the, the child. The that's child. pretty good, yeah. It's pretty accurate. That's pretty good. <laughs> It is just an upright, comfortable riding bike that has the beast of the Super Duke. It's the same 990. Hmm. <coughs> so that's what replaced your Versus then? No. Hasn't replaced anything quite yet. Oh. No, it hasn't replaced anything. <laughs> um, and it came with you know full luggage and everything. Dude, you have like two and a half grand worth of luggage on that thing. I know. Like like top and side boxes. I know. Extra set of tires, I lights, know. all bunch of cool shit. Yeah. You got hooked up, man. I did. It came from, from our friend Jocelyn Snow. Yeah. So big thanks to her because she's riding the her GS1200s now. And yeah. so this had been her adventure bike for huh. that. How many miles Sweet. did you say the thing was had? 20 grand on it. That's, that's freaking great. It's, so it, yeah, it's like be a scalpel, my, man. That thing is Yeah, nimble. this will be my bike that I ride cross country um, for the trip this summer. Yeah. Sweet. And it... it yeah, but we took it for a ride yesterday. Um, Jim Nock and I went up the coast. You got yourself a sea bug roll at a at, what's this place? The Chowder House? Oh, so what's good. it called? <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we went to Sam's. Got my lobster roll. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> riding up the coast on that bike, I was just having one of those moments. You know, sometimes like just everything like falls into a groove, and I was like, this bike just feels comfortable. I feel like I've had this bike forever. It's perfect. Yeah. I'm just happy. And then we're riding up the coast in the sun, looking at the ocean, you know, and I'm thinking, like, people, like, this is a pilgrimage to come ride this Highway 1 road and see the ocean. And we're just going to lunch. Yeah. And then, like, almost all the other bikers were waving back at us. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, I'm waving at everyone. Yeah. And then I'm like, look it's like, up. It's like I'm the like, first time you've done it before. And I'm, so and I'm riding with it. my boys, knocking the gym, <laughs> we're going to go get lobster. Like, yeah. this is a good day. Like, I was just like really feeling it. And sometimes it, all it takes is just, you know, throwing a leg over the bike it starts it all yeah. to, to build one of those just like perfect moments. So like, uh, that that ride up, I mean, it's obviously like you could kind of just do like 500 mile a days on that without no problems. Yeah, I think I can. I mean, we, you don't even have to fuck with the ergonomics, huh? I mean, no. your knees are okay, arms. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, just very relaxed and comfortable. Yeah, it. bigger windscreen and you're happy. Yep. Yeah, I threw the bigger windscreen on already. How's that go? Did it like ride okay? Did you ride it yet? I haven't ridden it yet. Okay. And then uh, we also took a detour on the way back to Swanton Road just because I figured maybe you want to check out how this thing handles. Yeah. So how it, was it? Like, yeah, because that's a that's a tough it, little road. It handles like a 990. Every bump you hit is a blip in the throttle, and you kind of catapults you. And yeah. You're just going like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I initially thought yeah the, uh, the the bike was twitchy, but what I meant to say was that the, the throttle is very responsive. Yeah, and it's not very forgiving. You got to know what the fuck you're doing with it. So yeah, well, the the your, the Super Duke was the same way. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. yeah it, 
that's the thing about this it's very familiar how did it, yeah remember with that big sweeping left hand turn oh well, yeah how did yeah. it feel in that thing is that, oh, that great I it feel just drop, it drops in into the, right yeah there. it just drops into the turns it feels like a performance bike but mm-hmm. it, it's just spacious and comfortable so yeah i am very happy with it but i'm not the only one who rolled up today with a new bike what what miss emma Yes. What did you ride up here on? A Motor Guzzi what? V11. What mm. the hell is that thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. You <laughs> made a bike. You made it up. Uh, yeah, it's I, a sexy thing. You no. made a Motor Guzzi that does not exist. I made a no. Motor Guzzi that does it. And it's got a story. Um, it came in. I've been, I've been building this thing secretly on the, on the sly. Um... It came in last fall as a trade-in at Monterey, and um, piss in the airbox. I, yeah, we peed in the. <laughs> I peed in the airbox and said, "Oh, it's worth three hundred bucks, mate." <laughs> um, but the guy traded it. I can't remember what he traded it for. Um, but it came in. It was. I a, know what he traded it for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hand job in the alley. Meet you in the alley. <laughs> nice. <right>. Um, <laughs> but it was trade. rust. It was rusty. It was crusty. It was a big motoguzzi unspeakably <laughs> ugly oh it was disgusting sounds like um, a hand job in the alley you yeah. know i generally i love italian bikes but italian cruisers there's just something very strange about them the good lord the dog <laughs> <laughs> God damn! Oh, keep it over there. Somebody's been feeding Bosley. Keep it over there. Excuse me, it smells like that Motoguzzi looks. It smells like this a turd, like a quarter inch from his butthole, and he's just like there's a fan behind it, just blowing it into the room. Liza, your dog just laid an egg. Um, If I'm honest, though, it it smells as bad as that Guzzi looked when you first got it. I mean, I remember the day you picked it up. Yeah, it's bad. It stunk. So I just thought, you know, I thought, what the hell am I going to do with this thing? Um, I bought it, and it's one of those things I bought it and immediately regretted it. (laughs) And then I took all the the seat off it, the tank, all the panel work, the uh, the saddlebags, the windshield, and I thought, you know, there's something kind of pretty under here. So... I basically I took an ugly cruiser and made it into a standard. I mean, I never make a secret. I'm at my happiest when I'm sitting on 1970s standards. <clears throat> so I made something that it's looks very specific. like it looks <laughs> like a 1970s standard bike. You know? Yeah. Um, it totally. It, well, except yeah. for that paint job. Uh, it is metal flake green. <clears throat> yes. And it it's really green. I mean, it is. And it, the exhaust. That, well, I mean, it's difficult mm. to know where to start on it because I source parts from everywhere, but mm. it's got um, Norton Commando mufflers on it, and it is loud. It's loud. There's no getting it's around the fact. It, it sounds like a very polite Harley Davidson. Yeah. It looks like a leprechaun had sex with my pretty pony, got some weird gonorrhea <laughs> pissed on your bike. <laughs> it's like sparkly Whoa. green. That's like oddly specific, man. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, don't hold back on it's, that. It's just beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful color that you just don't see. It's the, it's the money, actual money name, green. the name of the color. It's a house of color. And of course, they spell color with a K because mm-hmm. they're cool like that. Um, cool with and a K. The, <laughs> and the color is actually green go. 
It's a great color. Yeah, yeah. it's a really, really good so that, color. So that flake was part of the paint? It's not sprayed after as a clear or whatever? No, the, it, it's a multi-stage paint job. Um, okay. You lay down whatever color primer you want. In yeah. that case, it was a yellow primer. Yeah. Um, and I like yellow primers because it makes a <laughs> color pop. Yeah. And then you put silver on top of that, and that's kind of your base. And then you put the fleck down, and it's still silver, and you get the grain you want. Then you just keep on putting um, the green until you get the shade you want. Then you just clear over the top once you put your graphics on. Oh, nice. So it's like a translucent green that's been applied over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's completely unique. You get the shade you want by the amount of coats. That's why it looks so goddamn deep. I was looking in that thing, and I was like, where are the fucking flakes at? Oh, they're way down there. They're like... 10 feet down. And there's yeah, no, no, no shortage of flakes on that either. No. That thing pops yeah, I, in the sun. I took that thing for a quick ride down the block when we were at the museum. Proper the motorbike. Way. Oh, it's great. It's, you know. it, it does all the all the jiggas and the chuggas and, and it makes all the <laughs> vibrations. It's like, this is a cool bike. Yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. I'm still getting the bugs out of it. Um, the fuel injection is proving a little bit troublesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a Magneti Morelli fuel injection system so wait, on it. What year is that bike? 2004. But yeah, it looks like something from 1974. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. I'm well, like, well what? That, that was the idea. Um, Surprise, bitch! And a lot of the parts, <laughs> a lot of the parts on it are from 74. Um, do you remember Phoebe? Phoebe, my TX500 that I got from Isaac. The purple bike. Oh yeah, yeah the one you're in the bed with. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Um, yeah, Phoebe. Um, went to the great motorcycle graveyard in the sky, but not before she gave me her gas tank and side panels, uh-huh. which are now on the Guzzi. Oh, nice. So it kind of lives on forever. So Phoebe lives on forever in, in the Guzzi, you know? And instead of purple, I stripped off all that pretty purple paint and yeah. painted Very nice. flake green. But yeah, we'll post some pictures. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's stuff sourced from everywhere on that bike. It's an, an amalgamation of shite. <laughs> it's cool because people, it's like, you, you get to tell people what's up. Yeah, they, you say, they this get, is from here, and this is from here, right. and this is from here. Well, how did you do that? I made it. Yeah. You know? Well, any, you know, anyone can build a bike. I mean, especially if you've got friends around you. Sometimes, you know, you just need friends to hold your hand and say, look, it's going to be okay. Um, but For the sure. tough part is building a bike that kind of looks like it belongs together. And my pride in that Guzzi mm-hmm. is it doesn't necessarily look like a built bike. You know, right? It looks like a stock classic bike. Right. Exactly. And it looks factory. Because I, I like I go I like I go for that look too. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that look that yeah. it kind of looks like it belongs. And there is some hokey stuff on it, but um, this is. Incarnation number one. If it behaves itself over this year, it'll come apart again in the fall, and then I'll make her pretty. So double pretty. Yeah, dub- double pretty. Bit more chroming, bit more polished aluminium. Okay. Just you know. I just noticed that. Cool. Do you have pasties on? Yes, <laughs> actually I do, and they say. <laughs> Zla. Wow. Zla. That's your Olympic team. <laughs> yeah, that is my Olymp- I am I am a, a Zla Olympian. Hey, uh, quickly, Lauren, you got a bike today too? I did. New bikes for everyone. Yeah. I got yeah, I got uh, a loaner uh, used Nighthawk and it's I nice. don't know what year it is. Jim Jim just loaned it to me and it's fantastic. It's the right year. It's yeah, the, the perfect year for me. So. so you've been riding it around or what? Yeah, we just took a ride up uh, Highway 9 and through the Redwoods, and uh, it was absolutely perfect. Nice. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, we did have a chill ride because we had a, a podcast <laughs> listener person swing by today. Oh, uh, is that uh, that? Who was it? Who I she was uh, the, forgot the, her name. The person that you missed because you weren't here. I was here She's earlier. Great. Yeah, I did not introduce myself. Michelle. Her. Michelle Fontaine. Yeah, she came okay. all the way up from the LA the area. Fontaine. Okay. She's yeah, a badass chick. Yeah, she had a cool bike. Is it a KZ750? Well, yeah. Yeah, she had a... But we had... We actually had multiple visitors today from out of town, of which Michelle was one. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of real cool cats from Santa Rosa, and it was Ron and his friend... Oh, I forgot. Bob? Bob! Yeah. Um, and uh, Ron was on a KTM, and yeah. Bob was on a really neat... 82 mm-hmm. Honda XL 500 Dual Sport. Played it. Yeah. Yeah. I said, no oh, that's way. Yours. That's crazy. I said, is that yours? You want to sell it? <laughs> yeah. Those are cool ass bikes. Yeah. Um, but they rode all the way down here from Santa Rosa. So, you know, it's a great day for guests as well. Yeah, I always tend to fucking miss out on those days for some stupid reason. Because you're maybe, not here. Maybe they're smart. And they're like, oh, he's, he's not here. We should totally visit. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah, because yeah. everyone hates you. Everyone hates you, Knox. So don't don't, don't, don't like, flatter yourself. I'm actually paid to be here. The judge says I have to be here for a, <laughs> as the uh, you know, community service thing. As part of your community service. <laughs> yeah. How many hours hey. you got left on that? <laughs> Uh, I don't think it'll. No, it's a lifetime. Yeah, lifetime. Sentence. It's a lifetime sentence. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I forgot to mention though, when we were up at the one show, there was something I was obsessed with when I was there. There were two. Oh couple shit! Of things, yeah, you're yeah. telling me about this. And when I got to the show, I was like doing my lap around, just trying to check everything out. And in one of the stairwells up on a just a <laughs> just up on a ledge, like a ledge, yeah. I saw this model, like a, a model kit that you build mm-hmm. of an MB5 Honda MB5. Oh, I yeah. saw that. Did it now? Did it have a GI Joe sitting on now it? Now I had, I had, uh, I had. I had seen this and I had also seen one outside and I was like, oh, that is so cool. I have never seen an MB5 model. I want this. I I must have this model. She will be and, mine. And I so be. I started like, I went to these, uh, these artists who were set up at the top of the stairs. I'm like, yo, do you know whose that is? They're like, oh yeah, that's our friend Matthew. I'm like, I want it. Where is he? Oh yeah, just look for him. He's like he's down he's down there and he's in suspenders. And I go look and I'm like, every fucker's wearing suspenders. Where's like Portland? what are you talking about? So I spent the weekend trying to hunt this guy down and I I started calling him my nemesis. Because <laughs> we kept going back and forth and I'd stop by, has he come by? Oh yeah, he came by. He says he's looking for you. But I know, but he's not wearing his suspenders. He's wearing a white coat, <laughs> and I spent the whole weekend. So guess what? I found him. All right. Oh, well done, Matthew. Matthew. Are you there? Yeah, I got you. Hey! Hey! All right. How you doing, man? Another day in paradise. So yeah, this was my. This had become like my thing. I was of all obsessed things, with you were obsessed this too. model, and it was so well built, and it also had <laughs> a. Um, we'll just call it like a, a life size action figure that went with it. And I was like, all right, I got to have this thing. And I'm trying to figure out, like, if I find this guy, like, what's it worth? What am I going to pay? Because, you know, I got this room full of models here. And I was like, you know what? I looked it up. These these kids are going for, like, 100 bucks on eBay right now. Like, I'll offer him 60 We'll see how that goes. So I missed uh. him the whole weekend. But, Matthew, you finally called me back. And 
I wanted, I was like, I didn't, I didn't offer him the money, but I was like, so if you were to sell that thing, what do you think it's worth? What, what did you tell me, Matthew? Uh, uh, $3,000. There we go. Wow. So wow. My, yeah, my 60, motorcycle. yeah, my 60 Bit bucks, we're going to touch it. But here's the thing, and this is why I want to have Matthew on real quick. Um, you know, we've talked about so many things, motorcycling, but what we haven't talked about is model building. That's where I got my start. And there's a bunch of them. I mean, Michael's sitting uh, uh, below you is a, um, I think it's a Revel uh, Roadstar 1600. And in my room, I've got um, uh, I've got a CX500 Turbo 1.6 scale. This is a whole nother thing. But Matthew took it to this new level of building it well. Can you, Matthew, can you kind of explain what your process was and how long it took you to build this? Yeah, well, uh, my process was, I was at work. I worked with some of my best friends, and he was telling me about a bike he had growing up, and he started describing the 1982 Honda MB5. And he goes on to say, well, this motorcycle was really tiny, 49cc two-stroke, five-speed transmission, disc brake up front, um, uh, 10,500 RPM redline, wow. and seven seven horsepower and i was like i was like what Who, what kind of machine is this and then the next thing he told me because he knows that i enjoy scale modeling of all varieties airplanes boats classic model cars uh spaceships you name it the next thing he told me about this weird little bike is he said oh and by the way the local hobby shop has a one six scale model of the exact same motorcycle and that was what really caught my interest because as a modeler i really enjoy having accurate scale you know, representations of vehicles that I've operated, be it airplanes, boats, bicycles, uh, you name it. And so I offered him on the spot. I was like, I'll buy your bike. And then I'm <laughs> going down to the hobby shop and I'm buying that model. And so I paid $300 for the motorcycle and I paid $200 for the model. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what I did is uh, I, was, I was using the MV5 as a way to teach myself motorcycle mechanics because about three years ago, I bought my first motorcycle and it was a 2001 Royal Enfield with sidecar. Mm. Well, that's awesome. 500, and 2001 is the last year of the old iron barrels. 1965, 2001 had a lot of the same parts. So unbeknownst to me, my first motorcycle was a sweet last year vintage ride. Well, long story short, it's the Royal Enfield and it died about 1,200 miles after I got it. No. Transmission went out. Uh, it just it, the engine would turn, but the gears wouldn't work. And I, and at the time, I was like, I didn't know a motorcycle mechanic. And I thought, well, this is my dream motorcycle, and I don't really want a bike that I can't wrench on because the point in having a machine that you can't either a trust or b fix when it fails. So I was like, I don't want to pay someone, and I don't want to get out of motorcycling and sell my dream bike, first bike. So I thought, well, I'm just going to sit on it, and I'm going to teach myself mechanics one way or another. And a couple months later, that's when my buddy said, oh, I got this MB5, and there's a model. So I sent the next, uh, I picked up the, the bike from him, I picked up the model kit, and I spent the next seven months making a 100% accurate representation of the exact motorcycle that I purchased. So the model kit was for the Japanese market Honda MB5, and there were some differences versus the American market MB5, namely the uh, the handlebars. The Japanese market 
has these sweet clip-on style bars. And the American MB5 is more of a dirt bike, high handlebar style. Um, there's some other changes too, some other stickers. Uh, uh, the foot pegs are a little bit different. Uh, so anyway, I, I took my sweet time. I've been building models since I, I think I started when I was 12 with plastic airplanes. Yeah. And I started this model at 28. Um, and the whole time I was working on the model, I was reading the Gordon Jennings two-stroke performance tuning book. Uh, and so what I was using the model for was uh, as a, a way to familiarize myself with the upcoming MB5 build uh, because the model, as accurate as it was, had every single fastener, every single bolt, every single every single thing that's on the actual MB5 is represented accurately on the model. And so before I even touched the actual motorcycle that didn't work when I bought it, I knew it from the frame up. I knew how the tank fits together, how the wiring crazy. harness, wow. how the engine was hung in the frame, how the brake mechanisms were rigged up. And I had been reading the two-stroke tuning manual, and so I was, even if I didn't know exactly what I was doing, I knew the machine from a three-dimensional perspective, and I knew the engine component from a theoretical perspective. So uh, uh, you're taking it apart while you're putting one together, huh? Kind of a no, situation. I, I didn't let myself touch the actual bike until the model was complete. Oh, wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I learned in my 20s one project at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, holding to that allowed me to, to finish the model, do a real thorough job, and so after it was completed, then I started tearing down the actual, uh, the actual MB5 bike. And um, for for people who aren't familiar with the MB5, it, it's a one year. It's a 1982 50 cc two stroke moped that I lusted after in the 80s because it looked like a cool like cafe racer, you know, sport bike, but it was a moped. So. What's amazing is one year only moped, yet it still is in the hearts of many, and they even have a model of it. Yeah, because what I liked about it is it's got gears. It's a, rather than a full-on scooter style with a, a centrifugal clutch, this one you actually have to pull the clutch in and use the foot shifter to work up and down through the gears. And being that it's so underpowered, with my gear on, I weigh 220 pounds, and I'm on a little kid's bike. Uh, being that it's so underpowered, you have to shift these gears on the MB5 all the time. Uh, for example, if you're running downhill, this is how fast you have to shift. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, and you're doing 37 miles an hour. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then you have to go uphill, it's 5, 4, 3, you can hold it in 3, maybe shift down to 2, and then you then you can get in the power band, shift up to 3, down to 2, up to 3, and then you're up the hill. So it's a, it's a, very, uh, it's a very fun machine to ride. As a big, heavy adult, wearing a little kid, almost a toy um, uh, machine, and so, so the model, so, so the model served as a before and after. Um, one of the other reasons I built it was I was planning on customizing the actual MB5 motorcycle, making a sweet uh, custom build out of it. And so, if you hold the MB5 model at the right distance from the MB5 motorcycle, mm-hmm. they're the same size. And you can go back and forth, and you can play spot the differences in three-dimensional space. <laughs> that, wow. That's so cool. So I'm that's curious. Cool. So the model you paid two hundred, and it's worth three thousand. The bike you paid how much? Three hundred. Yeah, three hundred. And what is it worth now? Uh, well, I have 
it's almost priceless because between <laughs> the tools I had to buy, between the, the shop space I had to rent, um, between all the parts I had to throw at it, because um, uh, I'd, I'd never customized a bike before. I mean, keep, keep in mind, I didn't know motorcycle mechanics before picking up the MB5. I had to buy a lot of tools to get running on the, on the project. Yeah. And so I probably spent about $4,000 total on parts, paint, getting it titled, wow. uh, single paperwork, because uh, uh, everything on it's custom, custom wiring harness, custom ignition, custom, a lot of custom machining, uh, everything on it's custom. So I, I put about, the bike was 300 and I put about four grand into it. Wow. And so, so I don't see anybody paying me, you know, so no. they, let's say I put a 40% markup, like no one's going to pay like six grand for a 49cc two-stroke. And so... <laughs> So I think it's mine forever because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, no one's going to buy it for what I think it's worth. Uh, and that's fine because, because for me, uh, I have a toy that I can just go play around on. Uh, and and it gets 50 miles a gallon. For everyone in the room, I'm showing the picture of the model. Is that G.I. Joe? Who is no, that? the figure standing next to it, that, that is him. He made himself wow. into the model. So that is what Matthew oh, he, looks like. He's extremely well grown. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, so, so what I found out, uh, I thought one night I had the idea, oh, I should make a scale version of me for this bike. And then I typed in one six scale doll on the Internet, and I found out there's a huge market for military and movie action figures. And so what I, at, at one six scale, which is the same scale as the motorcycle itself, um, and I'm an athletic guy, I have a, a military physique, and so I ordered military doll parts, different torsos, different legs. Uh, I, and so I got my body with my head. I got my watch, my boots. <laughs> wow. And my, I wear all leather when I ride the MB5. I ride it hard. Uh, I've ridden it a couple times at the Cretans Club up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the MB5 can keep up with Ducatis in town. So I ride it hard, and so I wear all leather. So I ordered up the one six-scale Terminator leather outfit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> and... Uh, and so I have an, a, an accurate one-six scale version of me on the bike with my riding gear. Awesome. Well, it's pretty nerdy. I, I think it's <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know, I think maybe we have other listeners out there who a weren't aware that there's model building, that there are motorcycles out there, and um, or b you know maybe there are people doing it who you know didn't realize there's others. But I will tell yeah. you, Matthew, I I may not have bought yours. But I do have one on the way already. Yeah. <laughs> what? I have ordered one for myself. Yeah. The model. Uh, yeah, the model. Right on. right on. So just seeing yours got me into it. Actually, I bought more than one. So I have a couple models. You bought now. seventeen. I was a Tamiya model. These are Tamiyas. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, Tamiya. T A M I Y A out of Japan. Yep. And you can find all sorts of stuff. But I found. Oh, Emmy, you'll appreciate. I I have I think a beautiful Norton coming cafe racer model. Yeah, oh, so, uh, yeah, their one six scale motorcycle model line is incredible. I've even thought about uh, doing a series for the one show next year, perhaps doing uh, five or six models. Um, I'll make them per the kit, so they'll go a lot faster than my custom one. But just kind of, I thought about doing an art exhibition. Yeah, motorcycle models as as artwork because whether it's one six scale or full size, for me, motorcycle design is uh, it just speaks to my soul. If I get a figurine made after myself, will you put it next to one of your little motorcycles? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get you riding the the, the oh, bike. Oh, thank God! 
So yeah, except except Jim, if you get one, you'd have to be naked. Oh, it definitely <laughs> will be. Yes. No, we, we can do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> me too. So so here's an existential question: That four thousand bucks or whatever total you spent getting that bike running, would you say it's all worth it now that you're part of this kind of like weird, strange kind of culture and lifestyle? Oh, ab- absolutely. The the M- starting with the MB5 model, moving on to the actual bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got me. It got me riding with the Cretans Club in Seattle, which got me networked with the local coffee shop, the local, uh, the local, the Moto Shed, um, where I need a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the machine shop in town, and then uh, incidentally, my MB5 actual motorcycle I put together was so hot that I just brought it down to the one show as a volunteer. They couldn't want to look at it. They're like, "Dude, your bike needs to go in the show," and I won. Uh, one show build award. Dude, that's oh, rad. Wow. On my MB5 that I just put together because I wanted to teach myself mechanics, it ended up, my MB5 is actually a one show award winner. Dude, that's yes. rad. You hear that, people? Getting the bikes yeah. one way or another. That's I fantastic. Know. Yeah, starting starting with an old bike and then with a model, and next thing I know, I'm a, I'm a award-winning motorcycle. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that title yeah. would have been close. Yeah, we, we've nice. already got that title here. So. <laughs> yeah. Almost me, two that, times. That, that was a really proud moment because in the world of American motorcycling, a lot of folks poo-poo a small-bore machine. Yeah, for uh, sure. My, my motorcycle only makes seven horsepower stops. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> uh, I had a weed whacker when I was a kid. That was a 31cc in my bike <laughs> for the first time. Uh, and that tiny little bike still was uh, won an award in the midst of uh, these big old modern, you know, 120, 140 horse, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, well, I look forward uh, next year to seeing what you come up with because the the level that you're working at and the, le- the detail is amazing. So um, I wanted to thank you for calling in and, you know, catching up because, I, like I said, that was something I just kept going back to. And I know you kept getting these messages from people like, yo, there's some like crazy lady trying to find you. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's good, good to connect with you. Um, and then I was chatting with my buddy uh, Paul, one of my riding buddies, and he's well familiar with your guys' podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And, wait, did um, he just say Paul? Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> this wouldn't happen to be the Paul, is it? I, I don't know. Uh, it's my buddy Paul. He's got uh, orange hair. He's out of Scotland. No, uh, different Paul. He's a, he's oh, a okay. guy. <laughs> that was uncomfortably <laughs> close. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much. I did put a photo of your model up and uh, all the pictures from the one show, and it got more. Oh, right are there on. more responses than any other photo? Cool. <laughs> right on. It's awesome. the most excited yeah, I've seen you in a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure being on the show, and. Uh, uh, yeah, Kamiya out of Japan. If anybody wants yes. to build a rad bike model, that's the way to go. Exactly. Cool. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you next year. Yep, see you next year. All right. Take Talk it easy, dude. All right, Ronald, right, thanks. Bye. 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 Sometimes, you know, uh, a seven-horsepower motorcycle can get the panties what? wet. <clears throat> but, you know, there's a whole story Sometimes. behind these mopeds that I'll say for another time, but a lot of us in Europe, we really got our start on them. Mm-hmm. And the the... MB5 and its trail sister, the MT5, which I guarantee you've never seen before. Ooh. You know, we're really pretty much everything Honda knew about making mopeds in the early 80s. Um, we've got so much to get to. Yes. But there's something I do want to get to. Yes. Jim, 
There's a box on the floor. Now, this came in last week. I wasn't here, and I left it out on my kitchen what? table. Y'all oh walked past God. it, and I thought maybe they would notice it. Well, Girls, Girl Scout. Is, is it more catfish it's pictures? Heavy. It's a box full of stuff. Maybe Lauren can help you, and there's a letter in there. So oh if you want to, maybe Lauren can read Lauren the letter, read the letter. Yeah. while you pull stuff out. Are we, we getting more free shit? Box. Wow. What's in the box? Well, well. Okay, Lauren, whenever you're ready. Hey, misfits. Here's a little care package to help out around the garage. Yeah. If you dig around a bit, you'll find supplies, some hopefully handy tools, and a bit of local hooch you might enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, hey. <coughs> Screwdriver and impact driver. You Look, an enema kit. There's nice. an enema kit. Perfect. Weren't you just talking about wanting an impact driver? I did. I, is there one in there? I, think there, might be. I think there might be. Nice. Mike, you and me, Allie, let's go. Yeah. Where does this, <laughs> where where does this hose Big go, Big things though? of lube. Wherever you want it to. Oh. I, I passed the hooch. I'm sure Emma there, wants some. No, there's a there's a penal extension pump. That's, Ooh, what, that's, that's what that is. That's for you, Knock. Yeah. doesn't say anything about that. It's orange-flavored lube. All right, just throw that on the ground. All we right. don't need to pass that The screwdriver and impact driver are JIS oh, plus Oh, shit. Two. Is this lotion? What? Yeah. Somebody bought us JIS screwdrivers? Yeah. Wow. God damn. Which should be useful. So we can stop tearing up the Sweet. That's awesome. They also threw in a calendar with waterfalls from my area for the garage wall. Cool. Oh, what's that? Oh, is that a t-shirt? It is. A oh, There's what a else we got? Keep throwing them on the ground. Let's see. There's hand Paper towels. Motion. Yeah. What else right. we got? What is that? Zip, Zip ties. ties. Woo. And hand cleaner. God damn it. That's a good screwdriver. Another JIS screwdriver. Oh, my God. Sweet. Lauren, did, who is this from? Alan, should I say the whole name? Yeah. Alan, Alan Pierce. Alan, okay. Alan! Out of Ithaca, Alan, New York. Alan, Alan, Alan's okay. fucking awesome. Now, here's what I think is funny. Alan's the shit. I, we got this gift packed. You guys didn't catch it. It was sitting here. But whose yeah. name did you draw as the winner for the t-shirt last week? Alan Pierce! Alan oh, Pierce! Hey. So wow. is that bam, bam, karma? Yeah, that's good. Karma. That's awesome. Karma or bribery? I'm still pulling shit out of the box. Until, uh, oh, <laughs> magnetic uh, dishes. Oh, and yeah. Blue. Oh, oh, yeah. There's Redlock. Nice. <clears throat> More. Oh, oh yeah. Sonic. Yeah. This is for the, those of us that aren't so bright. <laughs> so I'm looking so at all of these pass, coming pass out. The hooch. Pass the hooch. And I have come to the conclusion that this is oh a gift box God. made up of people or somebody made up by somebody who's definitely made mistakes in the past and learned from them. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and Hopefully learn from our mistakes. <laughs> there's some estate grown Meyer Farm. A small batch, estate-grown Cayuga Gold. Ooh. You better hand put that it, shit yeah. out. Put it in my right fucking now. mouth. Right. Ah. Put gin. it in my fucking mouth. Oh, it's ah. gin. Gin. Ooh. Oh, put my God. Oh, I think I found what the siphon hose is for. <laughs> you got to pump my stomach after I shoot that thing. <laughs> there's also there's the more gin shit. from the left. Oh, my God. Lock. Oh, my God. Oh, Damn. there's a salon. Rags. Oh, no, rags. Shop rags. All right. Cheers, rags. everyone. <laughs> Alan says he's a Patreon patron. And thank you, Alan. And oh my God, that's good, Jim. And he says thank you for Eminem stickers. I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah, about I got motorcycles some and stickers. Yeah, motorcycles. Here, give this to Mike. Stickers. There's a, there's a sack. Thank a brown you. Sack Stop it. Who wants some uh, Cayuga gold? Oh, that would be me. I'll take a shot of that, but I'm sick. Oh no, the gin will kill any sickness. Uh, you don't want what I got, sister. 
The clap? Right. You got the clap again? Oh, yes. I, I kind of want your bike. Uh, so I wanted to say thank you, Alan. No, Alan's seriously. That's a chill dude, man. That yeah. is some karma right Alan's there. the best. Yo, this well, is a bag of fucking like 10 tens. A bunch of sockets. <laughs> what? We ran into Alan at oh, the yeah. bunch uh, of tens. Alan, Alan, vintage Alan, days Alan, last year. Alan, yeah. And Alan was super chill. Dude, Alan, so thank Jim will, will give you an old-fashioned right now. All right. Yeah. Right you. in the back alley. Yeah, line them up. Line them up. With a hand warmer. If I can just say, I've maintained a friendship with Alan beyond um, AMA Vintage Days. And, we, you know, we text backwards and forwards, and he's the neatest guy. He's um, a cool dude. Yeah, he's a really good guy. That Looking, tastes awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. Eliza, we can replace your worn vessel with a new one, and you can put the old mm-hmm. worn one out uh, yeah, for everybody else it. to use. Ooh, and, oh, there's oh, more it, stuff. Shop towels. Oh, it's so, a New York State calendar. Um, Waterfalls. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving along. Oh, that's good. So our, Shit, that's our good so friend rad. Sheila in Texas. Thank you, Sheila. She sent me an email with a news article, something that happened recently that maybe is just a good reminder to people who smoke Mm. and what those dangers might entail. And in this article, it says, Florida motorcyclist sustains third-degree burns after driver flicks cigarette butt. Wow. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So what was happening is... soaked in gasoline before he rode his motorcycle? What's going on here? This is a young man. He looks in his 20s, right? He's just riding down the the highway in uh, Florida, minding his own business, when the driver in front of him flicked a cigarette out the window. Yeah. Next thing he knows, he sees orange flames leaping up from under his helmet. It had landed in his hoodie and lit his hoodie on fire. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. I lived in Florida. That's not what happened. It was spontaneous combustion. And by the time he was able to pull over and get oh, wow. his jacket off, he had sustained 25% uh, percent of his body he had burns. <laughs> That's so, fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's so awful. So basically, Man. I mean, it makes sense. The wind was just like... Fan was fueling it, and yeah. his uh, yeah, his hoodie. Bagels up. getting some. Do you think at one point from Bosley right Ooh. now? Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah, think at one point nostril burns? Oh my god! Can, can you please open that door, please. Do you think at one point Bosley. Florida man when oh. if I went if I went faster maybe the flames will blow itself out? <laughs> what the hell do you feed that dog, Liza? <laughs> oh my god. It, is. it smells like a rat crawled up his ass and died. <laughs> it's all you people dropping your beans in the parking lot all day Jesus. that he's eating. That's not yeah, yeah, blame the victims. Blame the victims. <laughs> that dog eats yeah, corpses. Um, no, you want to know the truth? It's all the cat, uh, cat shit he eats. Oh. 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 Um, anyway, so just a reminder to, Katie Roca. Sm- to smokers. <laughs> don't, don't flick your butts out the window. Please. Disgusting just dog. Just a reminder. It's and now, and, and it also burns down our farm. Your car has an ashtray, you use it. All right, Emma, did you have an update on got a shot glass. HD? I yes, I did. Sick. I want you all to pay Just attention. Waterfall that shit, knock. Because. Do this. Are we all I got pa- it, I got it. All right, are we all paying attention? I'm no, taking yeah, notes. Yeah. No, this is important news because um, I can't remember whether it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Harley. I think it actually came in as an email. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of talking about Harley, oh, really Harley closing. Yeah. yeah. Quit hogging all the gin, Nock. Hey, man. Um, I mean, let me excuse myself. So, <laughs> Harley were closing their plant in... Uh, which one are they closing? The Kentucky plant. Kansas City, yeah. Kansas City yeah. plant. 
And it's, oh, it's, you know, it's the death knell for Harley. It couldn't be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, All of you know, I've got an inside information with Harley. My buddy Rick, um, he is PR manager down at Roughneck Harley Davidson in Texas. It's one of the, it's one of America's biggest Harley dealers, and basically the big noises from Harley often come visit down there. So what Harley are doing is they're consolidating manufacturing, so everything's going to Milwaukee. Every single person who worked at the Kansas City plant was actually offered a job. They'd have to relocate, relocate Giving to hand Milwaukee. hand jobs in the alley? Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking. But they were offered a job at Milwaukee. <laughs> Harley are actually, <laughs> they're gearing up. Can they're we? not gearing down. They're gearing up. Now, there was an arbitrary figure thrown about of 100 new models in four years. Right. But... Whether that it'll be 100 or 80, there's a lot of new models coming. The electric bike is definitely coming. And Harley aren't stupid. They know that in 10 years' time, a huge proportion of their customer base is either they're either going to have shuffled off their mortal coil or given up biking. And Harley knows this. Mm-hmm. So they're really pushing for the younger rider. Um, and we talked about the, when Harley do these open days there's this massive tractor trailer that comes round and it kind of unloads its wares and you know they visit dealership and they have an open day mm-hmm. for whatever reason the M500 and the 750 were missing from that particular round hmm. and they're not going to make that mistake again they're making sure that the smaller bikes are going to be on the truck that does the open days they're really pushing for younger riders so keep our fingers crossed i mean i really want to see harley do well they're the domestic product we've talked about whether you like harley's or not every country in the world there is a respect and reverence for the domestic product as as well they should be and i really want to see harley do well you know it might not be a popular viewpoint here but if Harley do well, we all do well, no matter what you ride. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, what, you, what, what exactly is the bike that Howard rides, that Harley? What, what's that model? How hard? That's a Dyna. The Dyna. That's the Dyna, but that's also like, that's the bestest, mostest Dyna. That's so the- this is what this is what is a little bit weird to me is like, I've ridden, I've, I rode that, that Dyna. And like the one thing that surprised me about the Harley is the rev limiter like right I, I, i'm riding this thing like i ride all my bikes and i feel like my my, my bikes all have like unlimited you just you know i'm like oh fuck right. this i'm just gonna go to the next gear there's no like the bikes telling me to stop um i mean there is but i re- very rarely get it to it on my bikes <laughs> and the, when i got on that harley i was like what the fuck i'm like this is right. it and then i had like click back up and then bam, i'm hit it again and i'm like dude i'm like really it's it's hmm. a but very very different style of riding yeah it's a little easier for me because of course i ro- grow up riding english bikes kind of lump along. and you can't you simply can't rev an older bonneville or a commando as high as you could a 750 honda <laughs> You're a Z1. You you can't. So that's the style of riding. And Harleys are a kind of natural extension of that. It's a different kind of riding. But my concern, though, is that you're talking about, you know, them going to smaller version bikes. And, I mean, that's the experience that I have with it. So I don't really have much of another reference. But I'm like, fuck. I mean, if that's a top line bike and, you know, that's that's where I was was hitting it. I mean, it was just an experience I wasn't really uh, prepared for. And then, you know, imagine to try to do that on a 750 and look for more power. And it just... 
it just stops you, and then you well, got to keep going. Well, the gears, the, you know? this, Mike's our expert here on Harley's. The, the, so first off, to answer the original question, he rides a lowrider S, which is a dyno chassis. Uh, that's the that's the uh, a big twin. Or it's uh, the the big twin uh, uh, motor, but it's it's kind of uh, it harkens back to the that that older. Um, FX, uh, what was the FXR? Deal? Yeah, the FXR. Mm. In that it's got the mag wheels, it sits a little bit higher, it's got better ground clearance, it's got way better suspension, you mm-hmm. got dual discs up front, mm. um, but it's still a big twin. Now, right. am I right in? I think that frame was designed by Eric Buell. Well, no, the F, the the FXR that we we're talking yeah. that right. it okay. back to was the Buell frame. I will say though that the newer the newer the big difference between the new five and seven fifty models is that they're liquid cooled, um, and so you're going to find a lot more performance in a much smaller package sure. just by virtue that you don't have to have these giant gaping clearances for the the piston and the you know and everything to expand. Um, it, so I think you're going to find on those smaller bikes that you're finding a, a, a closer, more comparable level of performance. Now I'm not sitting here going to say that that oh you know an R6 and a, and a, and the new 750 Street Twin uh, are 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 comparable. That's not what I'm saying. But you are going to find more performance in a smaller package in those smaller bikes. They're also doing some fantastic things with the Sportster package. Uh, the the new uh, what do they call it? The Roadster. It's got dual discs up front. It's got piggyback shocks in the rear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Softail, uh, Emma, you and I both got a chance to, to yeah, ride that new Softail. And as a chassis, I wasn't crazy about the motor. I got the big, stupid 114-inch motor. Wasn't crazy about the new Milwaukee 8 or whatever mm-hmm. call, they're calling that motor. But I will say that that chassis is definitely a, a, a huge leap forward for Harley yeah. uh, chassis. Now, again, we're not talking, we're not comparing that to like an R1, but it is a much more modern bike it's a much more modern feel it's a much more responsive chassis so they are moving in a better direction i you know what the thing is too i just think that like um you know now i rode with howard and i rode with my z1000 mm-hmm. at the at the night ride and i mean i gotta tell you it, he knows what the fuck to do with that bike because i was trying to keep up with him and i was having a you know it was we were like neck and neck and he'd fucking take off on me sometimes but i think that it's it's more of like a thing like where if you're riding it all the time you know you know, like you could feel, you're like, right. oh, change it, change it, change it. And I think they're trying to keep it that you're staying in the low RPMs where the power is because I guess That's if they don't the limit it to yeah. the top, then all of a sudden you're going to lose the power anyway. You so see, most like, of click, the click, power click. in your Z1000 is up top, yeah. Yeah. as in most yeah. multi-cylinder Japanese bikes. I mean, the cams come in, they rev wherever, but there's not much happening on your Z1000 below 8000. Once you get above 8000, that's where you're all the fun speed. is. Right. It's fantastic. <laughs> the Harley, Harleys have always been built on these very low revving, high torque engines. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a different style. You know, I, I think always, it may be just a riding style. Whenever I swing a leg across a Harley, I always have a good time. You know, it's 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 a it's a different experience, but I always have a good time on a Harley. You know where the the power band is on the the big twins? It's in the pants. I was gonna say, right. of course you have a good time. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The SV uh, is a V twin, and it would be like you know. I don't get me wrong. On the six fifty SV, I, I would hit the rev limiter here and there, right? When, when I'm really fucking around. But it would be, it would take a lot for me to get to that where it's like ta 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 and losing power. I just felt like when I when like as soon as I went to the hit angle it, of I'm like the dangle. I'm just trying to run it out, and it runs out so quick, and, and, and I just got to keep like. But you know, and again. 
That's it, that liquid cooling because right. I, I have. I mean, I have a V twin seven fifty Aprilia out there that's liquid cooled, and it's a yeah. different machine altogether. Oh, that it's thing it goes like the yeah. only oh, thing they hell. have in common is the fact they're V twins. Exactly, the, the architecture exactly. is completely yeah. different yeah. on the inside. Yeah, yeah, the gearing and all that. Yeah. All right, well, but you know, hand, hand honestly, for everyone. I really, <laughs> yeah, I really want to see them do well. Number one, because right. I like Harley's, but number two, so, we all like Harley's. I think let's get to some emails. Yeah, because we've got a lot of emails. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, thanks for uh, writing these in. A lot of these are long. We'll to try to paraphrase. And we'll try to go through them because I know you guys like hearing your shit on the oh. air. So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted I wanted to read mine first because it yeah. calls back to the one show, which also I forgot to give a shout out to our friend Austin, yep. Austin, mm-hmm. and Kevin, TwistedRoad.com. Yeah, so uh, TwistedRoad.com. We've talked about the website where you can put your bike up there. It's like Airbnb for motorcycles, and actually they were there at the show, so they let us like stash our stuff there and that was kind of our home base yeah they um, were super cool and austin's actually gonna be here for our show in two weeks oh sweet mm-hmm. yeah so it was really Aww. cool to hang out and get to know him down there Another cool idea but uh there was someone else who <clears throat> was hoping to meet us and uh he sent us an email i think his picture's on the back <laughs> better not be paul <laughs> you mean the chub <laughs> nobby And this is from our friend Rand. He says, hey, saw you guys recording Caddy Corner to the shitters at the Moto One show this morning. Oh, always classy. Always classy. (laughs) Keeping it classy. I wanted desperately to say welcome to sunny but fucking cold Oregon and chit-chat so bad, but you guys looked like you were working hard on an interview with someone, and I didn't want to distract you. Looks to be deceiving. I'm a big I'm a big crowd challenge guy and only hung out for a couple of hours, but the show was good. I hope you guys had a great time. Hope to ride down and awkwardly lurk around your garage someday. Do it. Totally. I, yeah, I, I saw him. You did. You, you I did. told me. I saw him kind of awkwardly lurking as we were doing an interview. I think this was with um, uh, Cliff Danger. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw him again when we were over on the couches lurking. interviewing, and he came and he lurked and kind of sat down and watched us. And I was what? trying to make eye contact and say, like, hi, like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's okay. What, what's he a lurker, darling? <coughs> he was a good looking lurker, so. Okay. Um, yeah, I believe that that was you. Hi, Rand. You should have come up and said know, hi. Right? It would have been cool. Dude, all I do is lurk, and they just handed me a microphone. So. I know. Yeah, right? you're, you're lurking me right now. It's a true story. Um, but yeah, thanks, for, thanks for sending the understand. email, and thanks for saying hi. Glad we didn't get to say hi in person. Cool. Knock, what do, you, do you want to share yours? Well, I'm trying to paraphrase this one. It's, it's long, so long as fuck. But so someone else would just go ahead and do, do an email. Jim, who uh, do you want to go next? I got a short uh, one. Mike, what do you got? Um, okay, I got one from Rowdy, Rowdy Reamer. Yeah. Oh, Rowdy. Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy Reamer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it is Reimer. Okay. Hello, Misfits. Recently, I ran across an auction listed on Craigslist. Right. In the motorcycle parts section. While there were several parts and tools listed for prices that seemed to amount to theft, (laughs) I only had the budget to bid on a four-speed transmission for my old 88 Sportster and a set of turn signals. Yeah, so this was like a a dealership or a garage that was going out of business and they were auctioning off all the stuff. Yeah, like a motorcycle dealer. And no one else bid on these items. Altogether, I paid a little over one ten, and with the bid price for the some turn signals being ten dollars and fifty for the transmission. Are you wow, catching that's that? You guys, awesome. fifty bucks for a transmission. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he? She's got to check the numbers on that thing. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) The transmission was described as mint condition, which of course wasn't quite true, but it really wasn't far from it. The turn signals looked to be in pretty good condition as well. But it was overall uh, a good experience, and I got some parts really cheap. Several things gave me doubts, but I searched the auction house before giving them money. I wonder if the auctioneer simply wasn't familiar enough with motorcycle business to know how to properly advertise this auction. But the cheap prices don't make any sense. Has anyone else had any experience with such an auction? There are are there any scam auctions to look out for? See, that's a good question because um, Phil would know. Well, you know I, found, I found it interesting how this mm-hmm. is handled because so many things go up onto eBay or to other right. sites. And but this was an auction house that handled it. it. Sounded like they didn't do a good job of getting it out there. Well, hmm. the thing is with auction houses, I I've had some experience with them, and if something is <clears throat> not belonging in there, they won't bother advertising it. They'll just, we want shot of it. It's a, it's very long way of describing, I've gotten some bargains because they didn't belong in that auction. Hmm. If you go to a classic car auction and there's like a bike in there, mm-hmm. nobody's going to bid on it. Yeah. And it's going to go stupidly cheap. Conversely, if you go to a British bike auction and there's a classic Japanese bike there, right? you know you're going to get it cheap. Because they, the auction houses really don't want to deal with it. It's a British bike <coughs> auction or it's a classic car auction. Mm. There's something that doesn't belong. Ah, oh, we'll just gloss over it. Well, the th- first thing is, I mean, usually they contact other businesses and usually they're right. bidding on the stuff and buying it up. Um, so the opportunity for, you know, us mere mortals to get deals doesn't exist but i know it exists and there are auction sites out there um and we've heard from people who are buying like government auction motorcycles sure um i've personally have done uh tow lot auctions um well you know to riff off that when jake's truck got ripped off by the druggy dude out front of the house we ended up in south san francisco at the tow yard there right and this place was it was a sea of cars yeah and they do auctions every two weeks and long story short they were auctioning off a bunch of cars and there's a bunch of motorcycles and scooters there long story short i was talking to the dude he goes yeah you can find good deals but you know it's going to take some time you know you're investing right. time yeah. you'll buy three or four motorcycles a um, couple of them you won't even come pick up but out of that three or four or five bikes that you yep. buy one of them you'll bring home and you know, it'll be worth it, but it's not an easy thing. I got, yeah. um, many, many years ago, I got um, a car. Very, very cheap. I got a very, very nice Buick Riviera from uh, an airport auction. Oh. SFO Airport. And it's like 200 bucks. It's just ridiculous. And But I lucked out. But generally, if you're buying something from an auction, what I want to say is they're legit. There's very, very few funky auction houses out there because there's all kinds of rules. They're just trying to get rid of shit, really. Exactly. Yeah. That's get what they the want to do. They, yeah. You know, a successful auction house doesn't have any inventory left over. Everything gets auctioned off. Everything gets sold. Those are the best ones. So if it's cheap, it goes. Yeah, so who's got another one? Right, Michael, you got an email? Sure, I got one. It's awfully long. I am going to paraphrase as best I can. It is from uh, Michelle DeVries. I hope I'm saying that right. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Michelle DeVries. Wait, they- isn't that Michelle? Yeah, yes, Michelle, Michelle visited today. Oh, oh okay. Sweet. Um, I'm listening to your podcast, episode 105, which features a discussion about helmet laws with a couple of safety board guys. I, too, believe that wearing a helmet is a good idea. Wearing a helmet most... 
is mostly mandatory in British Columbia. There is a religious demographic that is exempt from the law uh, so long as they wear their religiously mandated headwear. Uh, oh, what? That's dope. I, oh, yeah. I would yeah. never argue that these folks should be legally required to wear a helmet. Nobody should be required to do so. If it isn't necessary for one group, then logically it should not be required for another. Um I have heard many times the argument that since society bears part of the cost of emergency services, healthcare, and other social services for the injured, that society has a right to dictate our individual behaviors. To me, it is an yeah. argument against all of these government services. Um, okay, so also the idea that government systems will look out for after us and our families in the event we are injured or disabled is repulsive the governments in canada are notoriously shoddy when it comes to looking after people mm. i'm sure you will agree that the usa systems are also uh variably bad if we are yeah. if we are forced to do anything uh where responsibility to society is an argument then society must have a responsibility genuinely to look after us if it fails in this responsibility time and time again uh, it's our friends, family, whatever community we have that ultimately helps us the most. Our freely chosen system of mutual aid could be made much stronger without the burden and fantasy of government responsibility. Uh, I'm certain all of this has been said and written before, but whatevs. Take it easy, misfits. I like you guys, Michelle. Um, cool. So yeah, yeah. so well, a lot interesting libertarian angle to that. A sure. lot to just to to, uh, to kind of digest there. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Who's next? Um, I'll I'll do one. <laughs> Uh, this one's called Pussy Picks for Knock. Wait, close. say Wait, that say slower. Again, slow. This one's called Pussy Picks for Knock. <laughs> you asked why, for this. Why do we get no, that I every did. week? Those come in. <laughs> week you make one shitty joke and you just pay for it the rest of your whole life. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this one's uh, from Cody Alfar. Uh, hey, motorcycles and misfits. Been listening for a while. I work on a paving crew and sometimes on highway jobs. I'll be listening to Motorcycles and Misfits <laughs> podcast for eight to ten hours at a time. Nice. Wow. wow. That means sometimes I'll be listening to motorcycles. Cleveland, uh, uh, Motor, yeah. etc. Uh, yes, sometimes I mean I'll be listening to Motorcycles and Misfits for eight hours at a time. Uh, wonderful, right? Okay. Uh, he says he's 22. He's been riding for four years and did some riding, uh, dirt riding before that. Uh, owned 12 bikes. And his first bike was a $900 1984 ZN 700 that barely ran. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come and go and buy newer bikes as their first bike. Anything from uh, 250 to liter bikes. And he personally feels that starting with a shit bike that has some issues is a cheap, absolute best way to go. You learn how to work on the bikes, and you're forced to learn how a bike works if you actually want to ride it. And uh, since then, list incoming, I have owned. So he's going to run off the bikes he's owned in the in the four years, which is actually pretty awesome because it's very uh, varied here. Wait, it's Jim, a, how many bikes have you owned in four years? <laughs> About as many as he has. Yeah, yeah. I think he's ahead of you. He's so, got a better collection, though. Yeah, he's got an 03 uh, Triumph Speed Triple, no one Kawasaki KL250, 85 Honda Shadow 700, 04 Suzuki, uh, SV650, a WR450 Supermoto 2006, hey. very nice. Kawasaki Ninja 650, Honda Shadow 900, Harley Sportster 1200, very nice. A CBR F4i stunt bike. No. That's cool. So, and uh, it's 2003 CBR 600R. So this guy went through the gamut of like doing hooligan shit, cruising shit, 
dirt bike shit, uh, supermoto stuff. I like stuff. there was a little bit of everything in there. Well, he's, he's young and he's got too much money. Well, the, <laughs> um, and his current bike is the most expensive bike he has ever owned. is a 2013 Triumph Tiger 800 with ABS. Yeah, mm, yeah. proper wow. bike. Yeah, no. And so he further goes to say, uh, I find it ironic listening to YouTubers and even you guys talk about the millennial, quote unquote, millennial problem. So many 30, 40, 50 year olds just get it so wrong. But Emma seems to get it right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and she's not even American. <laughs> and we're harped about bu- a building credit, yet warned to buy only in cash. This is this is true. It's a weird kind of irony involved, right? I'm <laughs> um, going to spend cash. If I'm going to spend cash, it is a whole lot easier to justify 6K for an amazing bike than 6K down and 6K for payments for the next four years on a 10K mm-hmm. bike. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a lot of us kids used uh, know the used market pretty well and take advantage of the sucker that bought new. Yeah. Sure enough. And um, so he's sh- sent all these pictures of, of his bike and him. It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, P.S. My love for vintage bikes has not faded. I'm waiting for the opportunity to find an old Bonneville or Honda or someone's backyard to rebuild. Oh, buy a Bonneville, an bike. Darling. Yeah. So, yeah. And... Dude, this is cool. This is a cool email. It, it's I love it when our listeners call in and they list all their fucking bikes because it, it shows how varied people's tastes can be. Mm-hmm. And like, if you have the gamut of all these different kind of bikes, you know, it's pretty dope. Yeah. And well, thank, thank you, you for the photos. Thanks for the photos. Yeah. You're shredded, dude. It's you must nice. be uh, doing some workouts and shit over there. It used up all my colored ink. <laughs> <laughs> You're so shredded, though, you can't fit you on the page here. Okay. Oh, nice. So has thank he, you, Cody. Appreciate that very much, man. Has he got guns? He's, oh, he's, oh, it's a gun show all day, every day. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's hey, a two-wheeled hey, gun too show soon, on that too one. Too yeah. soon. Okay. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. oh, shit. Because those pythons are sick. <laughs> Emma, you got Hello, an email darling. to read? Um, I've got a long one and a short one. Which one do you want? You got a short one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to read the one from Sarah, yes, and I'm going to come to... The, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna read it in full, and I'll tell you why. Sarah Bettany. Hello, Sarah, darling. Hey, Sarah. Hello, my lovelies from deepest, darkest Hereford. Good cows in Hereford. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for your input on Greece a couple of weeks ago. That was really helpful. The bike is no longer called Thunder Child. She's Black Betty. Uh Okay, so, yeah, Black Betty Ramalang. So, among the joy of being able to, uh, unable to find the right sizes of O-rings and washers, because this is a Chinese bike, remember, or even the correct talk, James... Because, of course, as we remember, um, Sarah is with her beloved James. Um, They've been looking around the old Haynes manual for CG125 parts, which is the Japanese equivalent, um, and trying to figure it all out. So they're working it out. Um, They had to go to a mechanic to get the rotor pulled off. And then so it's been a mess for them. Despite all of this, we're feeling quite positive. Well, that's the spirit, darling. The painting is looking great. Mixture of matte and gloss blacks over the engine and the rest of the bike with pinstripes as promised on the fins. James has filled and smoothed the bash tank pretty much perfectly. Among his many talents, I bet he's got lots of talents, darling. (laughs) He's an artist and a graphic designer. Oh, I know that type. So after a trawl through the internet images, I found myself attracted to classic naval tattoos. And he's working on a couple yeah. of designs. We're going to keep it simple for the These tank. These are tattoos of belly buttons? I think so. Sailor Jerry shit. <laughs> and we'll get it done with vinyl decals. Nice. Hmm. Um, yesterday we put the forks back together and they look great with their textured black stanchions. And they appear to be leak-free. 
Good. Um, so she's got some turn signals going in black and aluminium, darling. And I'm not going to get into some Humphrey da- Davy today, who invented this stuff. <laughs> so we assembled the front end and discovered a broken steering stop. Oh, nasty Damn. business. It happens. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, th- mm. and she says to brown coat geek out on you for a minute, it never goes smooth. How come it never goes smooth? <laughs> because you're building an old bike, darling. It never goes smooth. Right. Um, yeah, if it does go smooth, start worrying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you missed something. Pay very careful attention. So, to the mo- motorcycle soul issue, here's the thing. Betty didn't really start fighting us until we started talking about her as a temporary bike before getting our forever bikes in Mm. front of her. Well, that was your mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, with all the frustration, I told her we weren't going to get rid of her because we love her. This is true. We are going to turn the page. Keep her. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Strangely, things started to get easier with her. A few days later, ad- admitted what I've done, and he laughed. This is, I presume, <clears throat> James who's laughing. At the same day, he'd whisper that if she didn't start behaving, he'd part her out. Oh, my God. Uh. Um, I realize even in her current dismantled state, she feels like she has a personality. And right now, it's that of an abused pony who doesn't know if she can trust her new masters yet. Oh, my God. There's a tear in my eye, darling. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. This is the most important paragraph of the letter and the reason why I read it in full. Sorry about the long letter. I guess I'd better make up for it with more chocolate. Yes. Ah. Any particular flavors... Emma, let the the colonialists have some. Look what (laughs) happened the last time they got riled with the British. Good tea got dumped into the harbour. Good tea. We're the colonials. Okay, then, stay shiny, Sarah and James. Okay, I I have a shopping list. Give me them chocolates, baby. Um, Curly Whirlies are very nice. I would like some fries peppermint cream um but the real find if you can still get it is fries five centers yeah hold on a second are there any savory things that they aren't in america twiglets darling you want twiglets do i want twiglets you want twiglets i want twiglets all of a sudden <laughs> not want some you twiglets want the, the twiglet twins you know you need twiglets if you like savory you need twiglets darling fucking right i do okay sarah <laughs> thank you sarah so um you, sarah. a brief recap curly wellies are great five Fries, peppermint cream, fries, five centers, and twiglets. Thank you, darling. Hmm. And now back to our motorcycle podcast. You're the best. <laughs> You're the best. All right. All right. Who else has got an email? Oh, wait, Frank, go ahead. Step up. Hey, this is Frank with an uh, email from Patrick Undenberg. Love the podcast. This week's discussion about Britain got me thinking y'all might wa- might like to look up a motorcycle built by Robin Tuluy called the Tool Eris. Yes. Uh, is that T-O-U-L-L-E? T- Tully. 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 T-U-L-U-I-E. Tully. Okay. Tully. Yeah. Tully and Polaris. It's an 800cc two-cycle snowmobile motor and a one-off chassis and one-off gearbox. Hmm. It's a pretty gnarly looking bike. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> everybody's everybody's looking now. Wait, what? It's called the Tullaris. <clears throat> T-U-L-L-E. Yeah, is it like Polaris? It's like a Tully slash Polaris. It's pretty dope. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead and read the email, man. Oh, that was it. That was it? Okay, cool. Oh. Check it out. Sweet. Yeah. All right, well, while you guys are looking that thing up, we got one here from John C. Smith. 
Hey, John. Hello. That's an assumed name if ever I heard one. <laughs> John C. Smith, are you in the witness protection program? <clears throat> That's no, no really comment. Remains to be seen. Right, right. So, uh, hey, Miss Smith, I'm a recent uh, podcast subscriber and Patreon support, sub- supporter. Thank you, darling. And you've quickly jumped to the top of my list of favorites. Woo-hoo. You know, this is the two, so uh, I appreciate the camaraderie by association and hope that you have as much fun doing the podcast as it sounds like you do. We're all super miserable here. That's why we keep drinking. (laughs) Keep the gin coming, Alan. Uh, I also appreciate your embrace of scooters. The whole two-wheeled family needs to stick together, even bicycles or motorcycle ancestors. I have a question that might be of interest to all of your listeners. Well, not us in sunny California, but the rest of the country, as it's not specific to my bike. The salty roads and sub-zero temperatures of the mid-Atlantic are keeping my 2008 Versus 650. What year's your Versus, Liza? Oh, nine. Okay, he's got no eight. Uh, 650, basically in the garage. It's mm, wintertime. Man. Yeah, everything else. He's only got 18,000 miles on it, 10 years old. He's a third owner. But he wants to know beyond the basics when you store your bike all winter, what do you need to do? He's done the basics like the plugs, air cleaner, uh, replace coolant hoses, etc. But a couple of questions. One, is there anything beyond the normal stuff you should do? And secondly, in the book, you know, it says do this stuff every two years, every four years. Yeah. Do you really have to do it? In other words, the service manual mentions replacing the air cleaner every two years. Fuel hose, brake lines, Wait, brake what? parts. Right. A lot of the times, it's just inspect. Yeah, you don't even C-50. change the oil that often. Right. No. Uh, not looking at you, knock that slice. No. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm thinking these replacement intervals are uh, are like best best buy date on food uh maybe makes sense for a pack of hamburger but not so much for a box of twinkies yeah i appreciate any help you can offer thanks john from germantown maryland hey john um everyone's looking at me Uh, no you want me to take this one no your brake hoses do not need replacing every couple of years um maybe your gas hoses your fluid though right Uh, who here has replaced their brake hoses on a bike that's less than 20 years old i've generally replaced them performance yeah yeah yeah, i mean it's a performance upgrade but um old brake hoses do deteriorate i mean john dalton's been having some hellacious problems with the hoses on that that bmw hmm, which are that's hard luck john no yeah, what. I mean, and that's largely true, but um, no, the the big thing is replacing the fluid. Um, as long as you keep things clean in there and keeps things moving, you know, the thing is with brake fluid in particular, it's hydroscopic, so yeah. it sucks all the moisture out of the atmosphere mm-hmm. and throws all that junk down your hoses, and that's what causes them to go. Um, and of course, flex and deterioration, but the big issue for a stored motorcycle especially these days with the swill that we're being sold at masquerades as gas Mm. you know you're putting your bike away start running the gas tank dry Mm -hmm. so that when you actually put it away you have no gas in the tank you know so there's nothing for it to uh, to go bad or if you want to store it with gas in the tank put something like stabil in the tank yeah yeah so that it doesn't whatever yeah exactly um and keep keep on top of moisture in the garage yeah Yeah. um but that's the that's the biggest thing you know you can get if your bike's got a center stand 
put it on the center stand, get the front wheel off the ground. Yeah. So both wheels are off the ground, so you don't get a little flat spot on your tire. If you have a source of for non-ethanolated gas, to go ahead and get yourself. Yeah, some of that. but I mean, it's hard to find if you like if you don't if you're not you know if you're near a dock. Sometimes they'll have none. But, you know, gas. the truth is, if you put your bike away in October, throw yeah. a blanket over it, keep it on a battery tender, you're going to come out to it in the springtime. Should be fine. Put some fresh <clears throat> gas in it, hit the button, the thing's going to start up, and it's going to yeah. treat you real Check well. your airbox for squirrel problems. Yeah, yeah. and check, yeah. Your, check your airbox for mechanics peeing in it and yeah. telling you it's worth $300. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sneaky mechanics. <laughs> Them sneaky mechanics guys, $300. Very sneaky. That's I, about it. Mike, how did you not get an email to read? Or you, what you did, you read, read, it. read it. No, it was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was the soulless read. It. It's all that cold um, medicine you're on. Lauren. <laughs> Blacking out. Lauren, who was like, why do I need a mic? I'm not going to be talking. Well, you Surprise, hand me paper. motherfucker. Know, surprise. <laughs> you handed me paper, and so I'm going to read it. So go ahead. From Jesse Razzo from Milwaukee. Hey, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. He says, hi, how are you guys and gals doing? Let's see. I'm going to shorten it a little bit. He's been listening to the show for a little bit, even went out of his way. I, I don't know if it's a girl or a guy. I apologize. It's uh, Does J-E-S-S-E normally spell... Is that a, probably a guy. Probably a guy? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Let's too. just say yes. We can say they. Yes. They <laughs> said... Uh, they went out of their way to listen to the episode called The Harley Bashing and had a good laugh. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's grown on me quite a bit, and, and I enjoy the different tangents you guys go on, but still hold it to motorcycles, aside from the random dildo. <laughs> so, Looking at you, knock. <laughs> it's actually a dildo podcast that happens to talk about there motorcycles. <laughs> So normally, uh, Jesse is a Harley rider, but got into an accident and thankfully uh, was okay, but the bike was not. Mm. And so was recently, I'd recently pur- purchased a Suzuki GS850 project bike. Wow. Mm. Oh, that's um, a great bike. Shafty. 1980, is that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, basically, he's new to um, project bikes and rebuilding and trying to learn everything they can. So not knowing a whole lot, but willing to learn and take my time to do things and do them right. Where's should I start? Cops. Start with the, <laughs> start with the bums in the alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> and you work your way to the street. Jesus. Jesus. Says, Please be specific. I like details and what websites for parts would you trust okay. to recommend? Thanks for helping work go by easier and any advice taken. 1980 GS850. That's a <clears throat> shaft drive bike. It's everything Suzuki knew about making four-cylinder bikes in 1980, which was actually quite a lot. It's got a roller-bearing bottom end, so the engine is indestructible. It's a 100,000-mile bike easy. When you're resurrecting something that has been standing for a long time, you're going to need to find out about carburetors really quick. So go onto YouTube, punch in, how do I rebuild my carburetors? Um, That has got Makuni BS. 32s on it um, which is a CV carb real easy carburetors to work on get your carbs right Um, make sure the tank's clean how many cylinders does that bike have? four cylinders oh wow I'd just like to give a little reminder since our own Micah learned this lesson if you go online to buy carb rebuild kits, remember you need one for every car exactly so your GSA 50 Let me tell you something right now. Suzuki have got this heritage parts program. You can buy a lot of genuine parts for that bike. So before you get involved in this and this and this and this, 
try your genuine Suzuki dealers first. Um, a good source for parts for that bike are <clears throat> Parts and More. Yeah. Um, which is a good source for pattern parts, for genuine stuff. Parts, and the letter N, more. Yeah. Com. Um, it's got electronic ignition, so you don't have to worry about that. Shaft drive, so you don't have to worry about chains and whatnot. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, carbs. Oh, it's got a woeful charging system on it. Um, for some reason, Suzuki have never been able to design a ch- decent charging system, and they still don't. I'm yeah. still putting regulator. Re- up. Yep. I'm still putting regulator <laughs> rectifiers on brand new Jixers. Wow. That's you know? no, yeah. It's, an, it's like Suzuki's yeah. Achilles heel. They got shit charging systems. Just deal with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and stators too. But the thing I like about GS850s, the big, heavy, comfy bikes. I mean, mm. back in the day, we'd jump on these things and ride them halfway across Europe. Yeah. They're wonderful bikes. Yeah. Also, just to say that, that that's a good attitude to have to, like, you don't know anything I want to learn. I yeah. Get better. It, that gets you far in life, especially in motorcycling. Bags? So. I have a question about the storage. So, after you store with the fuel stabilizer yes. and you bring your bike back out, what do you do? Do you Nothing. drain start it no. or you just start, start it back No, out. start it back up. Okay, I just want to clarify. Yep. Stable, the, there are enzymes in stable mm-hmm. that prevent the fuel from breaking down. Mm-hmm. Um, we sell a ton of generators at Monterey, mm-hmm. and every single generator you buy has got stable in it fitted by me because mm-hmm. generators by their nature tend Sick. to get stored and then oh electricity's gone out we need to fire it up so we put stable in everything um you know why don't we put it in everything <clears throat> including motorbikes well it's kind of expensive mm-hmm. so tra la la and then one last question yes i have as far as the water being absorbed and or like the the crap fuel can you put water in it and then actually like let it settle? What's your opinion on that? And then like extracting oh, that. You know, I mean, uh, it's no. an awful lot of effort. It's <laughs> yeah, it's the whole not thing. Too is, it's it's not worth it. The problem is, is like it, it changes your uh, octane rating of, of the fuel. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and, you know it's. I put it in the same boat as driving all the way across town to save one cent on a gallon yeah. of gas. You know, it's that okay. kind of. It's more effort than it's actually worth. Yeah. Um, for your average, for the average, average person. If yeah. you were really, really, really anal about your fuel, mm-hmm. get chummy with a local airport and put aviation fuel in your bike and mm. it'll thank you for it. But you're going to have to get chummy with your local airport. You're going to have to assign that fuel to a tail number. So you're not only going to have to find <laughs> an airport, you're going to oh, have to geez. find a, a number of tails. <laughs> Hold on a second. You're going to have to find a pilot who's willing to sell you fuel assigned to his is, tail is number on his Cessna. Beat Jesus. him in the back alley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just grab a handful. Wait a minute. Is, is grab a handful and get to work. Ab gas isn't leaded, is it? Or some some of it is? You got some fuel for No, it. you don't need leaded fuel in a bike. <laughs> no, no. I mean, is av gas leaded? <clears throat> some it is, of it, is. Oh, some some of it is. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, be careful with but that. But some's yeah. not. So. Just some's make not, sure you're yeah. getting the good stuff. Yeah. Well, and there are there are some, some actual uh, road gas stations that sell... Uh, non-ethanol gas yeah. too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, you them. know, it's a lot of people get steamed up over gas. You yeah, know, just keep true. your bike <clears throat> on tune. 
keep the oil changed, keep your tyre pressures good, and guess what? It's going to get you down the road, and it's going to be a wonderful experience without yeah. getting nutty about fuel. Well, one one uh, area where uh, non-ethanol gas is very important that I've found is for vintage two-strokes, because the uh, the seals that they use in the vintage two-stroke engines uh, yeah. are yeah. are not safe uh, for ethanol, and right. that will degrade Slow. the seals over time, wear them out, and then you got next thing you know you've got an air leak or oil leak, and um, so to making sure that you run uh, non-ethanol gas in a two-stroke, especially vintage two-stroke, is very important. Like an MB5, <clears throat> yes, yeah, there you go, or a P200 Vespa. <laughs> and on that note, I think we've come full circle, have we not? Yeah. Did we yeah. get to everything we wanted to no, do? No, we today? got yeah, one, more. one more email. Oh, okay, cool. Emma. Oh, what you got there? From Christopher Armstrong. Hey. Yes. Hello, Miss Fitz. Chris here from sunny Sydney, Australia. Hey. Hey. International. Yes. Like Miss Emma, I'm an expatriate palm, which is Aussie for British person, now living in one of the colonies. I recently discovered your podcast, which are now regular companion in my garage while I play with my collection of old bikes. Yay. Excellent. Oh, God. Has he got some bikes? Yeah, um, my formative years were the late 70s and early 80s, just like mine, darling, in and around London. So while he was riding around London, I was riding around good old Birmingham. How mm-hmm. cool is that? Um, my father was a motorcyclist who used, used to frequent the Ace Cafe ah. on his BSA C15 250 as a spotty teenager. So this would have been the early <laughs> 60s. He couldn't afford a proper bike like a big Triumph or a Norton or a Gold Star. So... Australia in the 1970s was very affluent, which I agree with, it was, and one of the largest markets in the world for European motorcycles. This is what his collection reflects. Mm. He's now got a small collection of stuff I always wanted as a kid. And we're going to list them in a minute. Um, we're very fortunate, like the Misfits, of having a climate that allows year-round riding. Uh, we're, me and Mike are going to have such a cold ride home tonight. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty um, cold. We also have some absolutely brilliant roads within an hour of Sydney's CBD, which I guess is the location. Um, so motorcycling is really popular, which is also great. I only came across your podcast in November, but now I'm an avid listener. Thanks, Chris. Um Thanks for such a great contribution to the worldwide motorcycling community. I'm planning a trip to Southern California soon, and I hope to pop in and say hello. Is that a threat? You you better come Bring it on. Come on, on. on by, buddy. He really enjoyed the piece in Podcast 237 on the iconic Britain. The Mm. Kiwis are spiritual brothers to the Aussies, and there was a huge down-under pride in the amazing achievements against the factory teams by such a small concern. Yeah, I mean, it really was a you know David yeah. and Goliath kind yeah, of thing the, the whole story is like if you take ownership of a Britain if you happen to be lucky enough to own one you're taking possession of, of the pride of New Zealand do you know the proper term for Australia and New Zealand no I don't know it's the Antipodes darling Antipodes uh, yeah it's the okay. Antipodes that's the proper hmm. term um, so anyway, you might, however, be interested to know that Lewis Leathers of London was making riding gear since the 1930s and is still in business making the same gear they sold to everyone from rockers to police motorcyclists. Dope. They make the classic high leg boots with zips that the rockers wore with a white sea boot socks. Now, if any of you see pictures from these guys <coughs> back in <coughs> the 60s, the uniform were dark denim jeans black leather jacket with studs chains and you know usually a few badges that said your bike but the most iconic feature were these high black 
leather boots that just came to below your knee with white woolly socks kind of turned over the top of them. That classic oh. cafe look. It's the classic cafe mm-hmm. look. That's what you wear to bed every night. That is what right. I wear. <laughs> Only when I'm taking a motorcycle to bed, darling. Um, Some serious throttling going on in that Exactly. One. <laughs> I managed Friday to get a fantastic <laughs> pair recently on eBay. But yeah, if if you ever want some, some good reading, go on to the Lewis Leathers website. Um, it's fantastic gear and it's very very classic and iconic stuff and you can still buy this stuff new it's wonderful hell yeah uh, Miss Emma hello darling I feel a Norton 850 Commando Fastback is in my future soon as I, as I hope it should be mm-hmm. please find attached a few pictures of my bikes so here we go we turn over the page and he's got this black Gilera <clears throat> Saturno which mm. is black it's kind of like a cafe racer BMW R100RS in blue very nice looking bike Ducati 750SS I mean god what a oh yeah I would would do horrible things for that one it is it is (laughs) definitely a motorsexual bike yeah he's got two Guzzi Le Mans he's got a Mark 3 which is a later bike mid 80s and a Mark 2 1 is it Mark 2 or a Mark 4 no it's Mark 3 I think and then um, a Mark 1 which, oh, good, is a good-looking bike. That's a hell of a collection. And then he's got up. mid-80s Ducati, but I've saved the best to last. Mm-hmm. He's got a Motomarini three and a half. Yeah. Oh, oh God, a one, what a good... M. I would do bad things to that bike. I bet <laughs> you... Bad things. I bet you he has trouble walking down the street. His butt is still so sore. Absolutely. <laughs> but, dear... God, what a pretty little mm. bike. Um, you know, and the Motomarini 3.5, it's one of those bikes that you forget just how pretty they are. And then you see when you're like, oh, God, it is crushingly handsome. Yeah, friend, and just a little gem of a bike. Our friend Barry brings his down every now and then to show Yeah, and that guy's got some good stuff, too. No, it's a jewel, <clears throat> an absolute jewel. What a great collection, and thanks for the email, Chris. Keep listening, mate. Yeah. Awesome, thanks. Thanks and for the emails, dudes. Yeah. And, yeah. And We're caught up. We're caught up. On Are we emails. caught up? Yeah. That's a lie. That's a lie. Hey, can we not call this podcast the Handjob Podcast? How did you know I was going to call Fuckin it? Fucking I knew it. Because I knew I know how your brain works, man. <laughs> Jay in the no, 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 I no. mean, with the no, keep it classy. Keep it classy. Just, just these call pages. it the old fashioned. The old. We could call it the old fashioned. How about the Outback? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the alley. Oh my God! Grab about, a handful and get just to work. Call it, call it. Keep it classy. Well, you just have to wait and see, but... Keep it handy. Can I just say before we go, <laughs> Australia has got the best candy, nearly as good as England, but it's got they've got this stuff called Violet Crumble. Mm. Oh, I've heard about it. Oh, Violet Crumble exactly is awesome. About. It's like a honeycomb, mm-hmm. and it's like... Wait, is that like a handjob It's the shatter no. that matters. <laughs> no, it's great. It's like this crunchy, crumbly stuff covered in chocolate. It's wonderful. I really yeah. think Chris yeah. Armstrong has the candy. This is really good. Yeah, I know. He's no, got, Chris like has got some bikes. What I'm leading up for. Page. Hey, Chris, send us some Violet Crumble, please. I think we should get those mm. in the States. Oh, yeah. yeah, but they won't be the same as the ones we get from Australia. <laughs> they, will, they will be from the future. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we just start wrap this up, please? All right. All right. Bye, darlings. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out. Thank you to all of our new Patreon subscribers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, yo. Stickers will be sent out, but... 
uh, you know, if you're not a subscriber, that's okay. And you, you want stickers, either come on by like the guys did today. Yeah. Or you can just send us a Sazy and I'll send you a sticker pack. And, um, hey, uh, how, fre- <laughs> oh, sorry. how frequent are the drawings for uh, for the, you know, super pack? So, a month? <clears throat> yeah, and just to clarify, the drawing that you did last week was for the Danger Dan t-shirt of the month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're going to be doing it once or twice a month okay. and maybe more i'm trying to get more sponsors to add to the prize pack right but Sweet. i know as you guys announced the uh, stance has come on as one of our sponsors so i'm waiting for that to come but we're gonna have enough socks to be and giving those out for a while i've got some very small news um this the sound cards finally came through so from this point forward anybody who sends us a stamped address envelope they get the stickers and as i promised all those weeks ago they're gonna get a sound card this is from my very very dear friend mike beck the musician it's an exclusive recording of his new single 650 now this is a release so great this is a release single but it is an exclusive recording of that just for us. Can Sweet. I throw this possibility out? Yes. Um, <clears throat> if it's okay with you, I can put it on SoundCloud so only our Patreon subscribers will have access to well, it. Well, he's actually, yeah, we can do that, but I've also, I've actually got, he printed us out some sound cards. So there's going to be two ways of accessing this. All right, cool. Sweet. I think maybe we'll, those are for we'll the prize packs. Yeah, cool. exactly. We'll cool. put okay. those out in the prize packs. But it's a bitching song. It's a wonderful recording. And, and last, it's just for us. Last I'll say is thank you, everybody, for, like, we get a lot of pictures from people, especially from, like, New Zealand, Australia, down under. We love from that shit. When they receive their stickers, they'll send a picture of the stickers, the envelope. Oh, yeah. Um, and all sorts of other interesting anybody things. So from Australia who can yeah. if anybody from Australia can attach an Amazami sticker to a wombat <laughs> and, send, <laughs> and send me a picture I will send them a special prize can you attach it to like some kind of, well no that'd be way too no and the wombat has got to be a living wombat <laughs> <laughs> there's no <laughs> point in sticking it on a dead one all in the right. road oh half credit challenge thrown out yeah, yeah no right. I will send them a worthy oh. special prize <laughs> And we didn't even talk about last weekend, y'all. Oh, yeah, you did. You had the naked ride. Yeah, we had the yeah. naked ride. There was a lot of nakedness. I burned my knees on the mm, motor because right. he's cylinder heads. Oh, oh, my gosh. So, um, All right. but... Yeah, I know we brag about the weather, but it's the temperature's dropping. It's, it's supposed to Nobody snow wants to hear here. that. Nobody it's wants to hear to that. It's snow up here it's, in the we're mountains. Full of it's shit. actually going to snow, snow at Cold, unquote, cold bullshit that we're experiencing. It's like 52. No. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> I know. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. By the coast, uh, in the, the mountains, it's like 28. So, just remember, double dumper weekend. Woo, so, if you listen to this, you can download the next uh, episode. <laughs> And listen to the interview. Stop it, Mike. I know it's you. That wasn't me. That was totally Jim. I can reach your nuts. Yeah, that sounds like Jim. Yeah, you smelt it. Smells like Jim, too. Only the Misfits drops a double bumper on Grand. All right, let's get the fuck out of here, man. Wait, hold up. I want to mention about the the YouTube, because we got another video coming up. The last two that we did were the Sobbing Scooterist from the end of last year, and we have Bad Matt's Flak Track. Uh, it's been taking me some time because uh, his fray is getting big 
running around, so <laughs> yeah. I don't have as much time to do the videos as often, but I'm trying to make them a little bit better. Um, so, you know, if we can't recap every week when we're here, at least we can capture some you of the right right things that well, we're doing. You have video to edit from the one show, so hopefully yeah. that'll be our So that's our next the video. next video that's coming up. I was cool. going to do a um, Freya's Chopper video, but I think yes. I'm just going to... Should I just take the stills and put them up on the recycle page? Yeah, it's pretty badass. Freya just had her one-year birthday, so I made All a right baby on. chopper, and we're going to yep. put the pictures up and knock pretty much build the whole thing. So cool, man. She did, is a bad mother part. sucker. I did some it's part. It's like yeah, builder-artist collaboration. <laughs> yeah, so keep an eye out for the YouTube page, uh, that One Moto show. Whatever footage they got there, we're going to put All together right. a video so you can check cool. it out. Cool. Right Let's get out of here. All right. All right. Hey, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. Hey, where can they find us? In Santa Cruz. Motorcyclesandmisfits.com. It's in the show notes. All right, cool. This is Liza. This is Frank. This is Michael. Thanks. Handy. Bagel. Emma Darling. (laughs) Giving mean ones. (laughs) (laughs) This is Knock. I suck toes. (laughs) And we're out of here. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool, cool.